0: The Poorly Made Police Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for a mature audience. The views expressed on this Poorly Made Podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this Poorly Made Podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very Poorly Made Podcast... relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to another edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Beams podcast. I am your host, Lenny. This is episode 11, season 2. How the hell are you guys? I hope this podcast finds you well. This podcast, I'm not going to talk to a cop. I'm going to talk to my friend, the lovely Lauren, over at Thirst Responders 2.0. The reason it's 2.0 is because she got zucked, but that's a story for the podcast. So the reason I had her on is she nearly defeated me in the uh, meme war. And uh, we got to talking. She's funny as shit. Her page is really funny. And... uh, through talking to her, I learned there's quite a few parallels between law enforcement and nursing, so I thought that could be interesting, and it also gives a perspective on how nurses see the world. She's a very reasonable and rational person when it comes to her viewpoint, so I think you guys enjoy it. It's a, a fun episode, kind of back and forth, some serious stuff, some stupid stuff. I, I suspect in the future that she'll be back on the podcast for when we do one of these call-in things. She's a lot of fun. Before we get to the meat of the podcast, though, got to give big thanks to my good friends over at officerprivacy.com. As you guys know, I talk about them a lot. And uh, in fact, the owner, the founder, Pete James, is going to be on the podcast in a week. And I I just recorded that the other day. He is a cop's cop. He is a fantastic guy. I really enjoyed talking to him. I think you guys are going to enjoy that podcast. My privacy is really important to me. You guys know that. I wear a mask when I'm on... YouTube. I, I've never told anybody who I am. In fact, I pay for the service. I pay for officer privacy because even though I'm not in law enforcement, it's so important to me that my information's not out there. Not just because of the fear of being doxxed and the cancel culture, but you have all these issues with identity theft and anybody that's had their identity stolen, you know, it's a nightmare. So officer privacy, great company owned by a former law enforcement officer He only employs former and U.S.-based law enforcement. I strongly suggest you guys check them out. And in case you you don't know what OfficerPrivacy.com does, and it's your first time listening to the podcast, let me tell you. OfficerPrivacy.com has two different ways to help take your privacy back. A, you can do it yourself. They create a custom, easy-to-use software so you can quickly navigate through the top 30 people search sites and delete your information. They have instructions for each site and include a simple way how to keep track of it all, and they provide free access for 14 days. This is plenty of time to go through the sites and remove your information. Or you sign up for their premium service. You sign up and OfficerPrivacy.com of staff of current and former U.S.-based law enforcement officers will remove you from the top 30 people search sites. And then they monitor those sites. If you show up again, they remove you again. While OfficerPrivacy.com's of primary focus is to help law enforcement officers stay private, you don't have to be a law enforcement officer to use their services, such as I. All right, so you guys go check out my friends over at OfficerPrivacy.com. Of Alright, with that said, uh, without any further ado, and out of pure laziness, there won't be a LEO ban this week, but we'll get right into the podcast with my friend Lauren from Thirst Responders. All right, now the moment you've been waiting for. Hopefully, this person doesn't giggle while I'm trying to give the intro. I have the legend herself, the person that wanted me to call her thirst for two hours straight. I have Lauren entering the digital dungeon. Lauren, how are you?
1: Good. Are we like entering (laughs) digitally, like rectally?
0: Okay, so we got to talk about this a little bit because I was kind of prepping her a little bit about how I do my intros because I'm not sure if she listens to the podcast or not. And so I said, "Yeah, I usually make this digital joke, but I'm a gentleman, and I don't want to say that to a girl because I'm a gentleman." And she's like, "Oh no, it's cool. I finger people's buttholes to stimulate." And I was like,
1: (laughs) "Yeah, it's like digital stimulation. So like, if you get paralyzed to help you poop, sorry, it's my dog growling. Um, (laughs) He doesn't like me talking about buttholes. I guess. (laughs) Um, Whenever you get paralyzed, you." lose the ability to go to the bathroom on your own so we try to train your butthole to go on a schedule so every day between like 9 to 11 we do like a 10 to 15 second like booty hole swirly to help you poop and when you said digital dungeon that was the first thing that came to mind
0: (laughs) there is no way I could ever do what you do like cops complain (laughs) about like oh you know the shit we see is so awful I ain't never had to put my fucking finger in a man's butthole okay <laughs> I mean, on purpose, you know.
1: I was about to say that. was my next question.
0: So, obviously, Lauren is from Thirst Responders. A page that got zucked was uh, it this year, right? It was in March. Oh, uh, it's terrible. So, you had like seventy thousand people on Instagram, right? What happened?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I got a few warnings about, like, this violates community guidelines with certain memes, but it threw me off because it was always the memes that were, like, like, porn images that were, like, blurred or photoshopped over, and there's, like, other pages that share them all the time that still exist, so I'm not completely sure what happened. Um, I know I was kind of leading, like, some anti-government, like, Jayco is the, like, certifying company that comes in and does all this like safety certifications for the hospital, but they never take into account safe staffing. So I was trying to lead this like, go tell Jayco to F themselves movement. And so I don't know if they somehow got my page removed, but I don't really know what happened or why it was removed.
0: So when I figured out you were gone and then you came back and your first responders 2.0 now, I sent you a message. I said, what the hell happened? And you sent me a picture of you but in, like, a bathing suit of, like, a oh, man. Oh, yeah
1: that, yeah, that was my final warning.
0: For that, like, that that image with, like, different girls is all over the internet.
1: Yeah. So it's, for the people who, like, haven't seen it, I bought a bathing suit that looks like a hairy man chest with a six-pack, and I had uploaded a picture in it, and Instagram thought that it was a nude. So I like cracked the a joke about, like, the transgender NCAA swimmer with it, so maybe that's what did it do.
0: I mean... You're, you're hitting them all out of the ballpark for sure.
1: <laughs> Super PC.
0: <laughs> well, and I think that's why as far as cop pages go, I know you have some fans with the cop pages because you're fucking out of control. Which <laughs> I appreciate it because.
1: Thank you. I, think-
0: <laughs> I don't necessarily know what all the memes mean because I'm not in the medical field, but I go to your page. And I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking funny. And oh,
1: my God. Thank you.
0: Speaking of being fucking funny, when we we faced off, I think, in like, I don't know, the millionth round of the four year meme war. <laughs> yes. It was like a couple years into it. Um, <laughs> you dropped your meme and like I my heart stopped and I went pale because I was like, that could fucking beat me. What the fuck? <laughs> and I thought my I thought I didn't even like second guess mine. I thought I knocked mine the fuck out of the ballpark and you dropped that. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I was, you did, you did well, but we were talking a little bit about it. And you said you talked to cops and they're like, oh, this is what I would do a meme about, right?
1: Well, it was like, I saw the picture of like the two girls whispering and I'm like, okay, it looks like they're like bragging to each other about something that that guy has. And I'm on a trauma floor. So we have multiple patients that are come to us and they're either like, they come with the department of corrections because they're in jail and they got like shanked in jail or they were involved in a crime so they're under police custody until they're like cleared to get like their rights read to them because sometimes they come in like completely unconscious but they are like a flight risk so when I was at work I was just like hey like what is something that you guys would like brag to each other about that you would like think is like like uh, you would imagine that girls would think it was sexy so but, basically,
0: yeah. that's Dallas PD is all about beating people with their body cameras off. Is that yes? What and here? um,
1: some of my cop friends from New Jersey agreed.
0: <laughs> so that's gonna be suggested the same. The meme was fucking fantastic, in a a, a friendship kind of built from that uh, meme war, because I I went to your page a little bit more, and I was like, shit, this shit's really good. Uh, but I think you didn't like me at first a couple months ago, right? Because I made some meme about you know, you guys are always dancing in the hospital while people are dying, which is true, by the way. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I think um, with me being in a department, that's like always slammed. I think I tend to get butt hurt about like the TikTok at work stuff because I'm like sometimes at work until like 9 p.m. charting. And it's always like the labor and delivery nurses that are like making TikToks and like giving the rest of us like a bad rep. Like, I don't know if within the police department, there's like different jobs or anything where like people have more free time than others but it just seems to be like i don't have anything against labor and delivery nurses because one of my best friends is a labor and delivery nurse but that's who seems to produce the most like TikTok on the clock as kesha would say <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so that that brings up one of the first like actual real questions i had for you yes what are your thoughts on the TikTok thing at work i i'm like pretty anti that maybe i'm a boomer but if you're at work fucking go to work assholes I I get like, if that's maybe your, and I'm not condoning this, but I'm just saying like, I'm sure there's people within a hospital or police setting, like that's their job to like do the public relations thing. Okay, whatever. I disagree with it, but at least it's a job function. But yeah, the TikToks, especially the nurses were getting a little ridiculous during COVID.
1: Yeah, I think that's what was so like in nursing, obviously you can't take a nurse that's trained in delivering babies and throw them into like a pulmonary ICU setting. Like they're just going to be totally in over their head and like doing more harm than helping. And obviously there's still going to be people like having babies during a pandemic. So there weren't as many people coming to the hospital so they had like more time than the rest of us did. But the rest of us that were like getting slammed and like seeing a bunch of our patients like have to stay in the ER for 3 or 4 days cuz there were no beds available on our floor. Like for us, it was hard because then the public was really grasping onto those images that we were bored at work and still making money. And I know there were nurses that like their departments completely shut down and then there were layoffs for like day surgery and stuff. So I think that's where I got annoyed with it was like, you kind of have to read the room and figure out what's appropriate. So there's like some nurse TikToks that occur at work that are really funny you just happen to like catch a funny moment or it's clearly being filmed like on a break or something but when it's like bragging about being bored at work I think like I do think everyone's entitled to breaks but I just think it can be kind of tasteless when it's done in a time when like your other fellow nurses are being completely slammed and trying to have the public like chill out a little bit so that things will slow down.
0: Well, it's and you're the a good look. You're the authority on tasteless so you would know. Yes, because I
1: am like all things tasteless.
0: <laughs> now, some would describe your page as a thirst trap. What would you say to those people?
1: There's people that say that?
0: No, I just said that to be a dick.
1: Oh, I mean, I can upload some pictures from middle school and high school because I was like, not cute. <laughs> so I don't think of myself as being a thirst trap. Um, I mainly put my face on the page to personalize it a little bit more. Um, I really thoroughly combed through our social media policy. And as long as I wasn't like listing my facility and I wasn't wearing anything that had the facility name on it or filming at the facility, um, then it was allowed under our social media policy because then I wasn't affiliated with the facility. I wanted to put my face on there to personalize it a little bit more to kind of connect with people a little bit more so that when we do push for things that are more serious than just memes there's I guess like more of a connection
0: to the page which I can't say shit because I hide behind a mask if if my face is out there and but see you're lucky because you have a face to do that I don't really have a face like I think if if I just all of a sudden was like hey here I am I'm Lenny I'm with poorly made police memes we'd be like Ooh, that's, that's the guy this whole time. <laughs> Ooh, boy. So I think yeah. there's, um, I think there's a little bit of, of mystery when it comes to me, but I could definitely see what you're saying. And I definitely, when people say, oh, you're hiding behind your page, I can't argue that like my name's not out there. I'm never going to tell people who I am or where I worked or anything.
1: Yeah. Um, and it, but- it makes sense, especially for like the police pages. Cause like, I know for jobs that y'all go through like a much more thorough, like background check than we do and everything. So like, I know it's a lot riskier to have your face out there as someone who's in law enforcement. I think the blessing of not having your face out there is you can kind of be a little bit more outrageous and you can do like a little bit more like teasing of each other and everything. Um, I have to be a little bit more cautious in my replies and in some of the content I put out because my face is out there.
0: I definitely say some awful stuff to people, but generally- <laughs> I know, that's
1: why I didn't like you at first.
0: <laughs> what did I say to you? I'm a perfect even, gentleman. No, I
1: don't even remember. I blacked it out from my memory. <laughs>
0: probably, I probably did. I, I'd go back and look, but your page got deleted. I think it was like you
1: and were like on this like anti-nurse role. And it just like, it was like four days in a row. And I was like, I can't take it anymore.
0: Do not, do not let me in with that d Okay. I'm a perfect <laughs> gentleman. And now for something completely different it was a big oh, i love big, it <laughs> big pucker factor all day i was like oh i'm gonna fucking lose to a nurse holy shit
1: <laughs> you're like i'm having diarrhea
0: <laughs> all day i lost so much weight that day it was terrible <laughs> i'm still recovering from it i still gotta hydrate and you know go in and get fluids and shit
1: oh my god that's great
0: so part of the reason i wanted to have you on is yeah it's way like i normally only talk to people that are cops or very related to law enforcement where the only way you're Related to law enforcement is if you've banged a cop, which I don't think you have. Right. We talked about that. So really, you haven't even had a cop in you. Um, <laughs> oh I just say that. What's wrong with me? Um, <laughs> I'm just going to chug my wine. <laughs> yeah, let me let me have a little sip here real quick. This is awkward and weird. Moving on from from that. I, I wanted to have you on because, a you're, you're like I said before, you're fucking out of control and I love it. And then I also felt like there is a disconnect sometimes between cops and nurses, where I think while the job is different, I think there's a lot of parallels as far as the mental health side of things and the fucking terrible shit you see and bad administration. I think, and maybe that's why. Oh yeah, why and
1: like the the like customer service aspect because you're always under a microscope by the public.
0: Yeah, it's weird that I feel like, and this is just my perception, that nurses don't have that compared to cops. Because We I never do see-
1: when you're in it every day because there's people always, so like some of the payback you get as a hospital is based on patient satisfaction scores. And that started within like the last, I feel like five or six years, like the big push for that. Um,
0: Wait, when so you say that's, payback, what do you mean by that?
1: Like insurance companies, especially for people with like government-based healthcare, if a, they say that they had like a terrible experience there, like the insurance company can say that like, oh, this patient felt like they were abused by the staff. Like we're not going to pay for their visit. That's coming out of the hospital's pocket.
0: We, Oh, God, we have such this is going to probably sound bad. And I don't really care, but we have such an entitled public. Yes, like an entitled country like don't be wrong, like you shouldn't you don't deserve terrible police service and you also don't deserve terrible medical care. People fucking think, you know, they watch whatever they watch on TV and they think I'm sure you experienced the same thing where like, well, house house doesn't think it's that.
1: Yeah. Or they like on gray's anatomy when I'm like, I would like love to, there was like a meme. I think I forget who made it. Code blue memes made like a tweet or something. And it was like, I would love to work at the hospital on Grey's anatomy because the doctors do all of my work for me. <laughs>
0: see and i think that's just i don't know there's all these like misconceptions out there where i think sometimes the nurses and the cops will battle but really we could form quite an alliance
1: oh absolutely so yeah maybe that's
0: what we're gonna do here today is start the alliance
1: oh i thought we were here to fight
0: no dude same team what are you fucking <laughs> talking about man
1: i'm just kidding
0: i'll take my jabs don't worry they'll they will okay we can. It's like
1: no. Um... So I would. I would like to have more like alliance and understanding between the two because I think for there's been some incidents in the news, especially lately with nursing, um, that I think has really helped a lot of nurses to kind of understand, like with the Redondavat trial in Tennessee, to understand what it's like when the public starts like really scrutinizing like what you're doing. Because for us, it's usually just that like you're getting called into an office and being told that like a patient emailed the CEO to complain about you being rude when you told them that they needed to get like out of bed that day. But then when it becomes like a public thing and then the public starts losing like trust in the nursing profession, which was like the number one trusted profession, that's when it all of a sudden is like, oh man, I've got like less less fire lit under me to go to work than I usually do because now all of a sudden I feel like. The public that trusted me doesn't trust me anymore.
0: Okay, so maybe instead of an alliance, maybe I can get make people so upset with nurses that oh they God, forget about. It. Co- I'm just saying. <laughs> Stop <it right> now. <laughs> well, like I just said, there's such an entitled public, and like I said, you deserve good medical care. But yeah, and this is gonna kind of sound bad, but I, like a lot of things, people just don't really understand. And like we've all had, I've had bad experiences with doctors. Like I've had such bad experience with doctors that I don't go to the doctor. Part of that is because I'm a dude and dudes are fucking idiots. and They'll wait until the moment they're dying to go to the doctor, but there's a different story. But I've had bad experiences. When I, I was in like sophomore year of high school, I was like, I don't feel good. I'm sick. And they're like, you're fine. Go to school. Three days later, I was in the hospital because I had pneumonia. From that point on, I was like, fuck these people. That's high school brain, right? High school brain is saying, fuck these people. They don't know what they're doing. Now as an adult, Okay. That's stupid. They're, they're trained professionals and it's uh, I like to kind of compare it to car mechanics, right? Yes. Cars are easy to work on, right? But you still don't know. It could be, you could, the sensor could be this or what you plug in and the fucking reader says it's this totally something else, or maybe it's misdiagnosed. The medical field is not going to be fucking perfect. Really medicine is an ever-changing thing too. So it just, I I bet it's so fucking annoying for you guys where it's like these fucking people you're here to help and they want to decide how they're going to be helped. If that makes any sense.
1: Yes. And the thing that the public, I think also doesn't understand is we are completely limited in what we can and can't do by the insurance company. So like the doctor can be like, this patient needs this procedure and they push it through to the insurance company and the insurance company is like, no, we had our team review it. And We think they need this, that they don't need this. So then you have to tell the patient like, hey, you can get this, but it's going to be completely out of pocket or you can get this or it's determined that they need it. And then it's just like, okay, well, we're just going to have social work like fight with the insurance company to approve it.
0: That it's the whole system is fucking awful. And I didn't want to really get into like all the nuts and bolts of like universal healthcare or whatever. I don't want the government in fucking control of anything, but
1: no, because clearly the, the system
0: we have is not great either though.
1: Yeah. Well, and so like the current system we have isn't great. And what I don't like about universal healthcare is that would be one opinion. Um, And I think sometimes like second opinions really do save lives. So I always tell people to like trust their instinct. Like if they're told that everything's fine, but they still don't feel okay to go get a second opinion somewhere.
0: Well, it, you know, I read these articles sometimes where people are like, oh, yeah, I have universal health care and wherever. But I came to America because they wouldn't give me this surgery. They basically said you're dead. I think that yeah. is the beauty of our healthcare care system is that you can go and get a second opinion and stuff like that. You have those kind of options. But th- I mean, just the whole fucking system. I mean, you go to the you go to the fucking ER and you get Tylenol. It's like eight dollars for a fucking pill of Tylenol, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just because crazy.
0: there's so many fucking layers to it. And it's like, the cost is just incredible. So it's really easy to say, well, just have the government take it over. Government can't fix fucking potholes. (laughs) Okay. Cops that say that, like, I don't think many cops would say the government takes it over, but you motherfuckers work for the government. You fucking know better. Okay. But that's, that's a topic for another day. But another thing before we get like dive deep in the shit is I think I wanted to talk. What was that gal's name in Tennessee? Redonda something ever down to bot i read that case and i was like and and then i read i went to the nurse subreddit and i was like why are they up in arms like she kind of she's culpable for that like she fucked up up. and then i (laughs) i read yours was one of the few pages i read where it was like very common sense about like hey look at this like i don't think she needs like rotten jail or anything like that but like she fucked up like you can't any work you do, like if it, you do something that affects somebody like that on like a fuck up, I don't know. I, and again, I don't know the medical side of things, so I'm sure it can be kind of complicated because, you know, medical yeah, malpractice I got, and all I that. I think the reason I got up in
1: arms about it is I've worked in a couple different specialties and I worked in the PICU, which is the pediatric ICU. And the first meds I learned was ve- Vecuronium, which is a paralytic, Versed, which is a sedative. Um, And then we use a lot of Presidex too, but that was completely unrelated to this case. So right off the bat, my first day, the first medication I ever learned was VEC and it was a paralytic and you know that it's a big med that you don't mess around with it or anything. And at that point in time, it was 2017 and she graduated in 2014 and she had been working in a neuro ICU and was like working as the, some States have like resource nurses, which are nurses that can like help out with patient tasks if like you're currently busy in another room. So she was resource nurse for like a step down floor and was helping like six other nurses each with one of their patients. So she was technically like a helper nurse for six patients. It wasn't like she was assigned six patients, but as like a neuro ICU nurse, she should have known the difference between Versed and Vecuronium, especially with having like two and a half years experience. So I think it's, As nurses, it's important that we have each other's backs, but it's equally as important that we are able to admit when someone fucks up, because when you lose public trust is when you just blindly defend people just because they are a nurse.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something the law enforcement community, I hope, is realized by this point. I mean, occasionally I'll watch a video and guys are like, that guy didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, did we did we watch the same fucking video? Yeah, I think some of it. Oh my God. There were
1: jokes too, after that case that like nurses should start wearing body cams and stuff. And I was like, I kind of would love that because I feel like there's some things that happen in nursing in terms of like how the patients like treat nursing staff that I'm like, if this was anywhere, this would put this person on like a no fly list.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, the city I worked in had a pretty big hospital in it. And I experienced a lot of time at the ERs. ERs are fucking out of control. Yes. Like there's so much going on.
1: If anyone that's listening to this watch has ever watched Mean Girls, but it's like that scene where like Lindsay Lohan walks in and all the people are just making like animal noises and fighting with each other. <laughs> like that's like what the ER is like.
0: I'm sure a lot of my fan base watches mean girls on the weekly, if not daily.
1: <laughs> I believe it.
0: <laughs> totally. Poor Lindsay Lohan, by the way. She she had a rough life. It seems like she's turning things around, though.
1: I know. She had, like, great boobs, and then she did a lot of coke.
0: She did have (laughs) great boobs. I think everybody (laughs) knows that. She was a
1: lot of people's, like, first big crush, too, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I could see that about, like, guys my age. I think she's about the same age I am. So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, totally. Allegedly. So here's one thing I want to know. So cops kind of have their different structure and rank and, you know, guys in certain assignments allegedly look down and guys and girls in different assignments. Does that happen in a hospital too? Absolutely. So in a hospital setting, what department is like the fucking pinnacle? Like these guys are the fucking top shit. Everyone wants to be there.
1: So if you, I'm trying to see this like from their standpoint, so there's a lot of memes that you'll see CBICU, which is cardiovascular ICU, and they do more like meds and procedures and they handle different equipment than like any other ICU handles. Like they use ECMO, um, which is a machine that you attach to a person that literally gives their heart and lungs a break and pumps and oxygenates the blood for them. Um, so CVICU is all heart based care um and that is known as like the hardest ICU to get into and like the smartest nurses within the hospital I guess are considered to be in there and the nurses that are in there consider themselves to also be the smartest nurses that have ever existed. I do have some besties in the CVICU so don't anyone that's listening to this don't think I hate on CVICU nurses but I guess like that's like considered like If you were to make it to like the smartest top tier part of the hospital, that would be the CBICU.
0: Now, who is looked down on? Like, what's the pit? Like, what is the worst?
1: med surge? which is your general admissions. um, ICU is like, if you have a really unstable patient, it's going to be a one-on-one assignment. And if they're slightly more stable, you'll have like two patients, but never anything beyond that. Med surge is just like the wild west. Like you can be assigned up to 8 patients there and you have to chart like a full head to toe round on them every hour or two. Um and it's just is very chaotic. You get a lot of like non-compliant people that are in for like diabetes that's out of control and so like they're angry that they're there, but they're there because they don't take care of themselves, so they also don't want to get better. Um, and people tend to look down on med surge nurses and they consider them to be stupid because they just don't have the time to like thoroughly assess their patients. Like it's very focused assessments. Um, so there's a lot of memes that like make fun of med surge nurses saying like they get frantic in a code and everything. Uh, but I mean, I floated to med surge and I have a whole new respect for med surge nurses because it was like you were just so busy the whole day that there wasn't the opportunity to like look through and get to know like everyone's labs and to like really get to know their meds and everything.
0: And you couldn't do TikToks either.
1: You could definitely could not do TikToks, but that's where a lot of people start is med surge. So I think that's why it sometimes is looked down upon because it's like very heavy with the new grad population.
0: I like to envision hospitals a lot like scrubs. Is that, is it very accurate or is that just way off base?
1: That is way off, but I'll let you live in that fantasy. <laughs>
0: uh, I love it. Thinking back on it. Because like, I love I feel like,
1: Scrubs too.
0: I don't know if it would hold up though. I think like, I don't know. How long has that show been off the air? Like 10, 15 years?
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I don't I think know they if were I could go back. Resident, they
1: were it. medical residents on that show, I think.
0: Yes. So At like, least in the beginning. Yeah.
1: Medical residents in real life. They make like $40,000 a year when they're in residency. And the labor laws state that the hospital can work them up to 80 hours a week. Are you serious? Yeah. So they, like, live at the hospital. So a lot of them, like, get married before residency because they need to have someone, like, at home taking care of home. Or if they have kids, like, they need a full-time, like, some, that usually their spouse has to work full-time, too, because you can't live off of, like, residency salary. So, like, if I could change anything about the medical field as much as, like, I wish there was safe staffing for nurses nationwide – I also wish equally that for medical residents that we could have them work more normal hours, but it's just this old tradition of like, Oh, well I suffered through residency. So in order for you to be a good doctor, you need to suffer through residency too.
0: It's the way we've always done it. You can't keep up with the times, Sunny.
1: It's like, I think it used to be more that like when everything was paper charting that they wouldn't have to do as much charting, but now that everything's electronic, they're like, Oh great. Like you can go faster so you can see even more patients and electronically chart from home. So they're stuck like at the hospital for like hours on end. Like we spend more time with the residents at work than they even get to see their own families.
0: That's pretty rough. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy, Brad Williams over at police fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on poorly made police memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry 17 years in the military and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's police fit. And I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. Now you talked about staffing, which is a big issue nationwide yes. What's What's the deal with the nursing staffing? Cause I, I feel like there's, because we talked a little bit before and I thought it was like, well, a bunch of nurses got fired because of COVID. And I don't know, I'm I'm sure you can only speak to your experience, but help me understand the nursing shortage.
1: So it was starting already. I'm trying to think. I moved to Texas in 2016. And I'd say within like a year of that, we started to notice it was becoming more consistent that, okay, you're overloaded today. We don't have enough staff. No one was able to come in to help. Um, and once COVID hit, I think it was really after like six months of it, I think people just got completely fried because it used to be like, let's say for ICU nurses, you're used to like a patient dies every once in a while or work is absolute crap, like once in a while. And then when it's six months of like every day is consecutively like the worst shift that you've ever had, it really starts to fry people. And then with covid also came because a lot of other jobs went remote. There were several nursing jobs that opened as remote positions. So the nurses that maybe had like five to 10 years of experience and just got completely fried by COVID left the bedside. Um, On my floor, I think we have something like 70 something nurses employed and we only lost one to the vaccine mandate because all of us had already been vaccinated. And I think for us, it was like we were reusing masks and PPE for like several shifts in a row. So we were feeling like we were being screwed over by the hospital. So like for myself, when the vaccine came out, I was pumped because I was like, oh, my God, I'm finally going to have like this layer of protection that isn't going to make me immune to COVID, but is at least going to make it so that I'm not as sick for as long as I would be because I know at some point I'm going to get it.
0: So COVID's just this fucking weird Weird thing that all of a sudden disappeared, by the way. It's it's not a thing anymore, apparently. Yeah. At least well, I'm sure, it is, I'm sure history, it is in your world. But
1: if you look at the history of pandemics, though, like Spanish flu in the 1920s, it lasted about two and a half years. And we're coming up on that mark for COVID. OK,
0: well, I, it's just a w- weird thing. And I try not to bring it up too much in the podcast. But I try to, like, look at it even keel because there's a lot of people that are like, it's not even a real thing. Like, I know nobody that died from it or you know
1: it's
0: Jesus a pandemic yeah. or whatever and
1: look i mean we we had people that even when they were admitted with covid pneumonia were convinced that we were lying to them about their diagnosis just to somehow make more money off of it and that they wanted to be like treated differently and sent
0: somewhere else see kids they get the same people that we do
1: Yeah. Like they'd be like maxed on the BiPAP, like facing intubation. And they're like, I ain't got no COVID. You need to send me somewhere else. we had a grandfather whose last words before getting intubated and then he died three days later was to his family to promise them that they wouldn't get vaccinated.
0: Yeah, it became here's here's what happened to the vaccine, at least in my opinion. And I I chose terrible reps
1: for the government first. Well, they did. okay.
0: so here's here's what happened is when they were working on it during Trump. The, the people, the Democrats were like, oh, well, I wouldn't trust anything that Trump came up with. And then Trump lost the election. And then then they're like, hey, go get your fucking shots. And they're like, you motherfuckers said that we shouldn't trust. And because people and I'm accusing both sides of this people on the right and left fucking weaponized it. It made it so much worse. I think to Absolutely. me, it's perfectly fine to be if you yourself want to be critical of it. Like I waited because I wanted to see how it, it played out. I didn't get it. Because I was like, I want to see how people fucking, what happens. And eventually after somebody I knew that was close to me died, I was like, okay, enough. I'm just going to go get it. Well, you know, it's, it's only like people that are really sick. No, it's not. Was it a lot of people that were probably really sick? I'm sure you could testify like probably, but there were still perfectly normal, healthy people that died from it. Right. Yes. And
1: it was like random, like you'd get like a marathon runner in their thirties. And for whatever reason, with whatever, like, genetic programming they had, like, young, healthy person gets it. And they either died from it or we had even more people that are facing, like, lifelong complications now from it.
0: But Which it's for fake. me is, it's like, worse real. than death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fake. It's not real. I just wish, God, I wish the whole thing didn't get weaponized. I, I wish people could just look it, at it. Yeah, it was
1: and weaponized. Life. And then the people, like. Dr. Fauci can be very well spoken, but he was absolutely terrible in phrasing to the public, like why it was important that we weren't infecting, like why we were trying to reduce infections because he kept being like, oh, you're going to die. You're going to die. But like, if let's say like they had asked me to say something about it, what I would have said is when people are getting admitted for COVID, they're coming in, they are needing to stay for weeks until they are able to like, just be on like a minimal amount of oxygen to get cleared, to go home safely. And that takes up a bed that your heart attack patients that are still happening, that your car accidents, that your other traumas. So like there were patients that were being boarded. I think we had like 88 people that were on gurneys in the hallway for like four to six days in the ER because like half of our trauma unit had turned into a COVID unit. So like for me, it's like, I wish they had done more phrasing of like, oh, if you get COVID, you're going to get sick and have to go to the hospital. And there might not be enough beds. I wish they had done more of like, if too many people get sick with COVID, all the regular emergencies that are occurring aren't going to have anywhere to go.
0: Well, Why would the government ask the people that are actually involved in doing the healthcare what they think? That, no. Why would they do that? Can I? Well, I, I, feel like I don't know. Like,
1: th- oh, Americans must be very self-centered. Let's just say, oh, you got to look out for yourself. And then Americans were like, well, I can choose my own life or death. And it just spiraled.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this, though because yeah. I'm just curious and I don't want to like go way too out into left field with this. Cause I want to talk about other shit than Rona. Cause it's kind of played out, but I'm just curious from your standpoint and from what you observed, if let's say something like this happened again, like the same exact scenario, would you say, yeah, let's shut shit down and, you know, have the, like the, you know, close businesses and all the mass mandates and shit.
1: No, I think that was one of the, the biggest mistakes that they did make because like for example like texas followed the same shutdown criteria as new york city but new york city at that time was getting slammed and new york city is also very reliant on public transportation dallas is a city where like people drive themselves more we don't have as close like new york city they've got like skyscrapers with like hundreds or even like thousands of people that live in them um and we don't have like residential structures that large here. Um, And so I think what happened was we shut down here before we even had a significant number of cases in the city. And then doing that and causing all these people to lose their jobs um, and shutting schools down and everything, I think created even more backlash because we weren't seeing the benefit of it. And then when it really slammed us, we were kind of, it was like already a very divided topic. So I mean, I think it should be left up to like the individual business owner and maybe there'd be like programs in place if people did decide to close, like if they had like a positive staff case. But I think just like I was talking about earlier with like, I think nursing has to keep more of a mentality that we need to hold each other accountable. I think we need to do the same as like a general public.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing is we live in a society now that is basically like. Let's support everything. Look, if I fuck up, tell me about it. Yeah, don't just, exactly. Like, don't don't be like, hey, dude, we love you. Like, tell me about it. Like if if I do something on the on this podcast other than say other because I can't say other, I know they'll have to send me <laughs> any more messages. And I'm gonna get like a hundred messages because of that. But I wanna know, like I might have a bad take on something. Send me a message. I I think that's the problem is we can't have like an honest and open conversation about things anymore. And, and I I would be curious, anybody that was pro shutting everything down two years ago, with if they would see like, oh, yeah, we do it again. Because if you look like at the different states like California, I think they're still fucking shut down some places. They had just as many deaths as fucking Texas or Florida that was open. I, I think you have to give people there has to be a certain level of responsibility on a person like, Hey, I'm at risk or what. And I get, it's such a complex issue. It's such. Yeah. And I think like the
1: initial panic was like, okay, let's shut everything down so we can take like two weeks to learn more about this disease to figure out like who it's affecting and how we treat it and all this other stuff. But I think in reality, I think it did a lot of harm. I know For myself, like even from the nursing standpoint, like I would go to work and like get my butt handed to me and I would come home and I'm single, I live in an apartment by myself, I would just come and sit in my apartment by myself and then go back to work and do the same thing where you're like, you don your PPE you like only, you get to eat lunch one at a time for 30 minutes by yourself in the break room. And that's like your only break from your PPE. And then you go back to like getting your butt handed to you for the rest of the day. So like, for me, it was like extremely depressing that I did not have anywhere in my life that felt normal. And so like, I know there was a lot of people that were like, Oh, well, nursing, it was good because you still got to go to work and see your friends. And like, your job scope didn't change that much. And I'm like, but also that sense of normalcy outside of work that
0: I think helps to keep us sane. Wasn't there either. That's a very interesting point that I didn't even think about because I know granted a lot of stuff happened in law enforcement, you know, in 2020, including, you know, COVID and everything else, but I, I could see, I mean, for me, you know, I had a big outlet of hockey, couldn't go play hockey, everything shut down. Yep. So I, I, man, that's a. That's a very excellent point. I didn't think about that, but, well, but everybody kind of talks about like the mental health aspect of it too. Like how much, you know, people are saying, oh, there's more people depressed and things like that. And more people have anxiety. Well, you freaked everybody out for two and a half years, you know, honestly, like the two week thing, you freaked everyone out and you turned
1: everyone against each other too.
0: Yes. And that's, uh, that's, that's, we could probably go on hours for that, but the two week thing, like that makes sense. All right, let's take two, three weeks. Let's figure this thing out. Well, I just, but I was thinking of this like snowball. funny
1: tweet. I think I ended up sharing it, but someone had tweeted like, if everyone doesn't drive for two weeks, then we can stop the gas curve.
0: Right. Like it's <laughs> two weeks. And that's the other thing, too, is you can't tell people something that big of a message and then go back on it. Two weeks of that. Yeah, the there was curve. just, there was I, I think bombing. what was
1: hard is like we were learning about it as things were coming out. And I think that's what was hard for me is like, I would go to work. I'd be stressed out. I'd come home. I'd be totally isolated. Then like everyone from home was like messaging me and asking like my opinion on everything. I even deleted Facebook for a minute too, because everyone was having like these super strong opinions and like posting about like how it wasn't real and everything. And it's like hard when you go to work and like, like you're treating some of your own staff or the parents of your staff or your patients. And like you come home and people are like, oh, well, everything you just went through isn't real. And so for me, like I had to delete social media for a minute, like at least Facebook, because I was like, I just can't with these people that are working from home on zoom all day. And then telling me that like what I'm experiencing isn't real. So there was like multiple, there's multiple sides to it too. Cause like, I can't imagine if I was working a job that all of a sudden, because of a disease that we don't know anything about that I don't have a job anymore.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a a complex issue for sure. It just, I think there's two sides of it that are fucking wrong. I think the side of it that it wasn't real and it doesn't exist. And I I see that sometimes from cops where they're like, oh, whatever. It's not a big deal. Go look at the fucking law enforcement memorial page. Go look for the last two or three years. Okay. Shut the fuck up. But then the other half of it too is, you know, the far side of it where it's like, oh, my God, we have to wear eight layers of mask and no one can go outside again. And we have to shut down. the Like there's those were the two sides I know were wrong. But everything oh, yeah. else in the middle is definitely, it's it's just a fucking mess.
1: From my personal perspective, that, like, the people who had the strongest opinions were the people that were the furthest removed from it.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's so easy. I, I'm just throwing it out here, okay? Us, and I'm going to say me, I'm generally a, a right-leaning person. It's very easy. To, like, I look see a lot of stuff on NPR and CNN. I'm like, this is fucking utter garbage. I want you to remember these Instagram, Instagram. Instagram pages. <laughs> I have a fucking cold. It's awful. These Instagram pages and these other. Oh, I
1: that versions. was just like your your normal voice. And I was like, "Oh, he's nasally."
0: No, fuck you. I'll send you I'll send you a message when I'm not nasally. He's so cute. He's nasally. Um. <laughs> anyway, these uh these <laughs> I'm trying to make a point. These Instagram pages that are right wing type pages. They're not necessarily telling you the truth, too. They have motivations, too. Like, you got to really vet your news sources right and left. That's that's all I'm going to say, because everybody has their yes, perspective and everyone's and their got
1: clickbait and headlines that they want to catch your eye. And they know that you're not going to read the full article, but they know that if you share it, that it's going to get more views. So it's like remembering, too, that they have a business that they are running where they're trying to maximize their exposure
0: yep exactly. exactly both sides
1: both sides both sides are very guilty of it
0: Oh yeah absolutely yeah
1: I mean I, we're, I'm even guilty of it as like a memer like you start with a meme that catches people attention people's attention and then you maybe put a longer caption on it but people are probably only gonna pay attention to the meme
0: <laughs> yeah I learned today that people don't read the captions no. So today I posted, so this will come out in a week.
1: The girls first. do though, which is like a majority of my following.
0: I know people think I'm like this
1: thirst trap, like male dominated following, but I think I'm like 67% female.
0: Are you really? I think I'm like 85% dudes.
1: Send them my way. Just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> the
0: way I like it. Um, so anyway.
1: I'm a terrible person.
0: <laughs> so anyway, so. I, this will come out next sunday i think so it's it's may 1st that we're recording and i put this post up because it was the anniversary of the day i left i didn't even realize that
1: oh congratulations happy anniversary
0: one year one year out of the job i officially can't go back to my my old department which is fantastic because when i had my exit interview they're like hey if you want to come back within a year you're good to go and uh, i had handed them a six-page letter that they hadn't read yet and i'm like i don't think you're gonna want me back after you read that so
1: I sent a long email to my last hospital, but it was more like, I loved my five years here. And this is how you could help to retain more staff.
0: See, that's a good thing. But you know what? We need to talk about that because we kind of skipped over all that went crazy with Rona. But what I was going to say about the captions, though, is so I, I posted basically a picture that said, hey, read the captions. What I said when I left. Dude, there's people that are like, dude, you left. Dude, you were a cop in Colorado. Fuck. Yeah. It's a year. I've been posting about that shit for a year now. I don't make news is that about- is
1: that every department that allows like a year for you to come back?
0: uh I don't. I don't know. I I would say okay. probably not. I know I figured, like the
1: hospitals. Like if you leave to travel, you get blacklisted for a year. Like you cannot return for at least a year.
0: Oh no. I I couldn't say. It might have just been that department. Honestly, it just depends. I did want to talk. Uh, so we have you have the nursing shortages, which we established weren't, and at least in your case, they weren't really related. They to were not
1: vaccine COVID. related. If anything, it was just like workload burnout related.
0: Why do you think there is, why do you think people aren't coming in the nursing to kind of replace and replenish those roles?
1: I mean, I think you had some people that when the pandemic hit, they were inspired to go to school for nursing. And then you also had people that when it hit and nurses felt like they finally had this platform to speak about some of like the patient abuse or like the purposeful Short staffing or minimal staffing that hospitals do in order to maximize their profits. I think it really maybe freaked some people out because it is a college degree, but all you can do with it is nursing. So I think that kind of scared some people that were planning on coming into the field. And it just, I don't know. I mean, I can't see myself doing anything else, but I definitely have my days where I'm like, I don't know if I can keep doing this like at this pace.
0: Yeah. I could, I mean, based on just some of the conversations we've had, I'm just like, that's, I mean, you finger people's buttholes. Okay. Like I couldn't even do that one time. <laughs> I couldn't well, it's like the majority
1: of time. people that go into nursing are doing it because it's financial reward, but it's more like you get you have empaths who bond with patients and you get emotional reward when they do get better. And I think when you get maxed out on your patients to the point that you feel like all you're doing all day is meds and procedures, you aren't feeling any kind of reward from your job. And I think you can really only take that for so long before you're like, okay, well, if I'm not going to feel any joy at my job, I might as well do something where I'm not having to like break my back and my brain every day.
0: Do you think it'll get better? Because I mean, you you brought up the point that I, I'm very ignorant on as far as now. I'm really worried about my nasally voice. Just you know, every time I talk, I'm like, am I too nasally? I'm like, you I don't sound nasally. super
1: nasally. I just thought that I don't like. I don't know what your normal voice sounds like.
0: Apparently, nasally. Uh, I <laughs> people have what was that? You step on a cat?
1: <laughs> no, I slipped a little bit on my chair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'll happen. Uh, I've been compared to McLevin before, so there's that. I sound like <laughs> McLevin Yeah, that is precious. I, that don't,
1: precious I hate baby. my voice too, though, so that's like, I was a little worried about doing this because I was like, I'm used to like, I don't know, like having the advantage, I guess, of video being that like, it doesn't, I feel like I sound manly.
0: No, you sound like a chick.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: Yeah, you definitely sound like a chick, so don't worry about like it. Like a biological I, chick? We can't talk about that here. I don't want to get canceled. No, yes. oh,
1: I don't want to go into that, but I just wanted to make sure that I sounded like
0: actual chick. You know, I'm glad I'm not dating it. No, nope, can't make that joke. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, we'll just erase the last 30 seconds. No, that's, that's all staying in because it's funny. People know that I'm pretty like open-minded to things. Here's the thing is if you, you have to be able to fucking take a joke, right? I, I feel like there is no greater time of people like, being open about things i mean like look at the jokes that dudes make to each other right
1: well here's what i will say they're all gay
0: jokes right they're all gay jokes and it's not because my my
1: friends that are gay i feel like they don't get as up in arms about certain issues that like straight people who think that they are social justice warriors for the gay community do
0: wait do you mean like how white people think they're smarter than black people (laughs) yeah By the way, that's the most racist shit ever is like, let me speak for you. Fuck yourselves. Yeah, well,
1: so I caught I caught a lot of slack. um, When there was a lot of like, obviously, all the stuff that went down after like the George Floyd case and everything. There were people that were I was getting a hard time because I wasn't saying anything. And then when I tried to say something that people were telling me that, like I was not in a place to say anything. So I ended up just like not saying anything because I was like, I'm it's one of those like, damn, if you do, damn, if you don't things. So like, I'm all for people having like equal rights to each other and everything, but it just, it, it's hard because as a meme page you're there to like make memes and make people laugh. But then when like there's big stuff going on like that people also want you to speak on it too but then there's also a whole group of people that feel like you have no right to speak on it.
0: It's a very difficult balance because poorly made is is a fucking meme page first. I can't like speak in memes. When did
1: you start it?
0: 2018. Okay. When did you start yours?
1: Um it was December of
0: 2019. Okay. Okay. So I got I got a little bit on you but not much. Um it's a meme page first. Like I I have most people that come. Did you just fart? No, I just got up that. from my chair. Whatever. You just farted. Uh, I
1: did not fart. <laughs> I know ICU nurses sent a question and that was like, do that thing be farting?
0: Yeah, I was wondering what that was. But now officially we have the first fart on poorly made. I'll see if it. If it I did
1: not if fart. I heard it.
0: <laughs> I fucking heard it. It's in. I know farts very well. It could have, have been a fart. Deep. Oh, God. You had to go there. That is the worst <laughs> thing on earth. <laughs> But it's a meme page. Like, I guess I'm wrong because every once in a while, like I'm going to tonight, I like to I do like to write and go on a rant about stuff because I do have the platform. But first, but first and foremost, like the whole mission of it is to fucking crack some jokes. All right. Unfortunately, because of what the job is, it's it's kind of gone a little more serious than I'd like it. But I I try to like spoof the seriousness and like crack a joke about the fucked up shit. But, you know, being on a podcast, obviously, I can't. I'm gonna speak my mind and my opinions, and initially I was like, "God, I gotta be careful of what I say." And then as time's gone on, who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. Like anybody could look at anything I've done and find something they don't like in every single podcast that I've done. Um, yes. Look, look, like it doesn't matter how actually open-minded you are. Like, I feel like we live in a very accepting culture. What people forget is everyone needs to be open to criticism. Criticism is a lot different than bullying being a bully is not okay. And I think we're like too soft as a society. Now we're like kids are being bullied and and shit. Like, I don't know. I think like kids fucking fight it out in school. Like that's, I don't know. That's how you fucking used to do that or make fun of the bully or whatever, but you can't do that. And I know that's, that's a whole nother thing down another page, but I just, we've gotten to a point where we can't say anything to each other and we're resegregating our society. Like we had this great, like, all right, we're going to all kind of live together and melt and, I don't know. I'm of the opinion. God, this is getting a lot darker than I thought this podcast would be. I know.
1: Well, my only hope is like with the the pandemic winding down, that we like depolarize a little bit.
0: No, it's so fucking bad. Like, anytime I get on any, like, I read any story or new, it's so, you can read through it. Like, they're not even trying to hide their bias anymore on on either side. Everything's a fucking tabloid now. But then it's like, when
1: you get like part of the reason I deleted Facebook was I was like, okay, Facebook is like, coming off as like very boomerish and extremely divided on topics. But like when you go and interact with humans in the real world, like humans aren't acting the way in person necessarily as they are online. Like most of the time,
0: the internet, especially social media exists for people to make money. Okay.
1: Yes. And like you, we were talking about earlier, like some people their picture can be on there, but it still is faceless in the sense that you are not face to face saying that Thing to someone's
0: face. Yes. And it's, and maybe this is like an evolution we're going to have as mankind, but I've said this a million times, like people like this happened the other day on, on a, on a post is basically, uh, I made a meme about a guy banging a rookie or something. Right. And some guy said, well, they're consenting adults. And I'm like, oh, you must be the LT. And so, you know, people are kind of cracking jokes, but then one guy comments like, well, look at his wife or something like that. So I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You go to his profile and you're talking shit about this guy's wife. And then I went and I, I sent him a message. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, oh no, dude, I meant like this. I was replying to this comment or that's this is what I actually meant. And that shit happens all the time. You can't, part of speaking, and that's another thing with COVID, seeing people in, in person and visual cues, things are so easily misinterpreted with just a word, like reading it actually saying things and speaking to one another that's when you actually catch things yes. and and you can have a better understanding and honestly like you could sit down and talk to people about things and you're going to be more considerate to those things in person with that to that person as fucked up as that sounds and now for something completely different all right so you got to help me out with something because i totally unrelated i don't understand hipaa at all is it something easily explainable or is there lots of nooks and crannies to HIPAA?
1: Yes and no. Um, there's lots of nooks and crannies. It's it's patient privacy protection. So meaning like you can't, you can speak about patients in generalities, but if you were to give away any identifying factors, like, oh, I had this patient in room 10 that who was a 37 year old male from Dallas, Texas and worked at Bucky's and he was in for this. Like those are like, you can, I mean, that might even pass, but if you give like a first name or anything, or like, if you're like, Oh, I took care of the governor or something like that's all patient privacy protected along with like photos and videos and anything else that could occur. And it's just a way to protect you as a patient from like anything involving you becoming like public information so like we still have to do like case studies and stuff where we share like patients that we've taken care of in order to improve the quality of care that we deliver we can't just like go into work every day and like not take care of people but in terms of like sharing private information publicly we're not allowed to do that
0: okay so I'm going to ask you a hypothetical and you're going to tell me if it's a HIPAA violation Fair. Okay. Oh I
1: hope I get this right.
0: Well, no, I, I'm asking you because I, a hypothetical. Is my question.
1: background showing up?
0: uh I think you turned your camera off, didn't you? Oh my God. You turned your camera on. It's going to take so long to download it. I hate you. That's okay. But nice background. Thanks. <laughs> Do you want to see what I look like? Yeah. Are you ready for this?
1: No. <laughs> wait,
0: wait, wait.
1: I can't digitally disimpact you or stimulate you from the computer, though. Well,
0: that got weird. <laughs> oh my god, you're a pig. <laughs> How fucking dare you? I'm right here, okay? I'm very sensitive. I'm very sensitive about that. How dare you?
1: For those wondering, he's in a pig <sighs>
0: mask. that better? <laughs> yes. All right. Now I have to turn it off so you can't take a picture of me. Tell the world. Do oh I still god, look I like a pig? I look like a pig still, though, right? A nasally pig.
1: No, not at all.
0: I am a handsome man. That's what my mom. I like your me.
1: patches.
0: They are really nice. I have a lot of patches.
1: Would you like a Dallas patch? I think I have
0: Dallas. Wait, <gasps> why it. do you have a Dallas patch?
1: I don't know. I could probably get one though. Give me an excuse to talk to them.
0: <laughs> you no, <know>, that's right. <laughs> okay, what are we talking? Okay, so hypothetical. Oh yeah. Hypothetical, completely hypothetical. So let's say somebody comes in. They're like a DV suspect or something, right? Yes. And the cop shows up and says, ask you as a nurse, hey, are, are her injuries, like, in Colorado, it would be called SBI, serious bodily injury. I'm, I know it's called different things in different states, but mm-hmm. basically, is it SBI injury? Could you as a nurse be like, no, it's probably not, or yeah, it might be, or is that a HIPAA violation?
1: So usually... As nurses, like, it is our responsibility to care for that patient for that shift, not necessarily their entire course of stay. Um, I know on the trauma floor, and I'm sure they see it like in the ED a lot too, we have what's called an XYZ patient, which means like their name is highlighted red in the computer, which means that if someone comes to the desk and asks if they're there, we can't give that information out unless like they were to provide us paperwork showing that they had a right to their information.
0: So what would happen... I go to the hospital on whatever case and I try to get in there as soon as I could to take pictures and stuff, but sometimes you just can't get in there. And I'm, I know some guys will push their way into to hospital rooms. I never did that. I never thought it was worth it. Yeah. I want to get the picture of the injury worse, but they need to get their medical care. It'll wait. It'll be okay.
1: And we take photos like there's photos in their record.
0: I don't know if in the ER though. I mean like when they're fresh in, They they do
1: in the ER
0: where I'm getting at from this is sometimes it would help me quite a bit with the case because depending on the the extent of the injuries might, it might determine my involvement. If the person's going to live and it's like an FBI and they're going to be there for a while, I I basically, you know, guys would go in and just kind of get like, we wouldn't ask like for their whole history or anything like that, but hey, how does it look kind of thing. Would that be breaking HIPAA laws to say, oh, that that patient probably doesn't have SBI because it's it basically would save me hours.
1: I guess it depends on your role in the department. So we have a lot of patients that come in that are part of a police investigation, but they are a traumatic brain injury. So it might be up to three months before that person's awake. Um, But in their chart, when I log in, it says like call detective Mike Smith at this number with any updates. So like I call them and I'm like, this patient is awake now. They aren't really aware of what's going on, but they keep repeating this name. Is that any help to you? Um, Or I call them and I'm like, she's awake. She's answering questions. Now she knows where she is. She doesn't remember anything that happened, but she does remember like certain people in her life, if that's any help to you. And the detective has been like, okay, I'm going to come up this afternoon. Like if you want to have family present at the bedside, just to ask some questions.
0: Okay. And that was another thing I was going to get at too, is like, if a nurse was to say like, oh yeah, they said that their husband beat the shit out of me. Is that something that would be technically a HIPAA violation
1: no, cause we're mandated reporters. So any like Dallas is very high for like sex trafficking, like a high incident area location of that. I think it's because we have an international airport nearby. Um, and Texas is close to Mexico and everything. Um, so we have abuse screening questions that we are required to do one-on-one without anyone else in the room. Um, and if they score on that, it automatically flags on the computer for a referral to social work who would then refer out to the police
0: department. I gotcha. But like if a cop came and asked you and I'm, I'm asking purely educational, so I hope it doesn't sound like, yeah, no, no, you're. Good. I want to know because I would get different answers for the most part. I would get, I, I would never ask a nurse or a doctor, to, like be in a bad position, but if something was fucked up, they'd be like, oh yeah, they told me so-and-so did this to me or, or whatever. It was really Generalized type questions. I just, but then some people would be like, no, that's HIPAA. I can't tell you what they said. So I never quite understood what it was. I
1: mean, if you came in with the patient or you came in with their information and you were like assigned to the case, I don't think it's a HIPAA violation, but I could understand like in the ed the hesitancy of wondering like okay is this maybe like his ex-wife that he's coming in and asking questions about oh
0: whoa 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 just because they're cops doesn't mean they beat their wives okay That's it doesn't mean they're an ex-wife the
1: either because they're probably still married
0: <laughs> jesus man you took that like way for although i don't far, know maybe like... i'm
1: just generalizing y'all with the fire department
0: jesus. <laughs> like i'm talking about like you go in with a patient, like, you know, you follow the ambulance in, in a police car and shit. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, we have to just make sure that you didn't beat your wife and drive them to the hospital in your full police uniform before we release the information to you. Yeah, no, I, I like-
1: usually just make sure there's like someone else there and I have that officer's information and I'll write a note in the chart that like information was given to officer so and
0: so. Okay. That, that's all I was getting at because I, I was just curious how that works. And I'm sure yeah, it
1: depends. Like you can't just show up in uniform and want to get information on a patient because you want to know how your neighbor's
0: doing. Oh yeah. No, no. I mean, I mean like an active, like you know, like if
1: you hospital. were actively involved in the case or you were on scene um, and then we get like the EMS report too, which sometimes lists like who was there on scene.
0: I gotcha. Okay thank you for for clarifying yeah but
1: for me like on the trauma unit like they've been to the ed and they've been admitted up to us so usually like if pd is coming up to us asking questions it's because they're actively involved in the case so there's less hesitation on our side um because to track someone down that far would be difficult if you like didn't have access to like where they were directly
0: i gotcha well let me ask you this because when we were talking earlier you were kind of listing out some of the things that were issues as far as the nursing shortage. And one of the things you brought up to me was you guys are getting assaulted all the time and nothing gets done about that. What's yeah? you expand on that a little bit.
1: So if you're, if the, if a patient like regularly we get kicked, we get hit, we get spit at, we get we get cussed out nonstop. We get threatened just at work. The other day, a patient told me that as soon as she can walk again, she's going to beat my ass. For us, it's if you, if psych comes in and determines that that patient is not at a hundred percent of their normal functioning status, then we have to forgive whatever they've done.
0: Well, let me ask you. Okay. So that's, so this is even before it gets to law enforcement is the issue where the hospital's not letting you call.
1: Right. So like we call as patients get more aggressive because like we have patients that regularly come to us and they've got weapons in their bag because no one goes through anyone's bags in the hospital. There's no metal detector or anything. And you'll be admitting you'll be admitting an aggressive patient. And just last week we found a machete and a crack pipe in a dude's backpack.
0: (laughs) Wait, there's not a metal detector to get into your hospital?
1: No, there's a like there's like a police little I don't even want to call it a tower. It's like a raised platform. With like a barrier around it that they sit at, and there's a full time officer there, but there's no like they don't go through people's belongings when they get admitted.
0: I wow, I just figured which is that why was a like people uh, huh? I just thought that was a normal thing. Any hospital I've ever been to,
1: no, and we have like patients that we have to put sitters in the room. Because if they have any visitors, the visitors bring them drugs and they shoot them up through their IV in the room and then like the patient's coding and we can't figure it out. It's like a hot mess.
0: No, that's not true. People don't. There's not a drug problem in this country. It's, that's <laughs> that's absolutely not true. I cannot believe you'd lie about such a thing. <laughs> I'm such a liar. I wish. I, I think part of the beauty of shit like this, not that this actually gets. I mean, you know, a lot of people listen to it, but it's like kind of like preaching in the choir. I wish more people actually understood what happens in an ER on the street as a cop on a regular basis, because the Grey's anatomy doesn't cut it. Like even live PD and cops doesn't cut it because they can kind of pick and choose what it is throughout the shift and day, all this shit that it, nobody sees it. So like the fact that you said, oh yeah, people fucking, they'll bring their sick. Fr- I'm going to go on a tangent. Do no. it. I'm not. No, I'm going to do it. Fuck it. There are people (laughs) out there in this world that will bring their fucking friend who's in the fucking ER drugs.
1: Yes. They'll even do it inpatient because there's no one that checks when you there is no security at any door of any hospital. So I just like I know there's probably not any criminals listening to this, but like someone like we have panic buttons on our floor that are located like in our nursing station area because there's no scanning. Like someone could walk in with like a backpack full of weapons and there's no one that would even stop them. If they knew what floor to go to, they could just go and like blow it up or shoot it up.
0: I got, I'm just, that'll have to be something that people message in and tell me about. I, I'm just kind of, I could see like a little area, but man, like the big hospitals, at least in the Denver area, I think they all had
1: I mean, we're one of the biggest in all of Texas and we don't have security at every entrance.
0: That's, that's, I don't know. That's like that's labor,
1: fucking- labor and delivery and the NICU are the only locked units. Everything else is accessible to the public.
0: Yeah. No, I guess thinking about it, the main entrance, you didn't, I'm trying to think now. I know the ER, you, to get into the ER, and maybe it just was where I was in the city. To get in the ER, you got fucking, you got checked. I don't know if the main entrance you did though. Maybe not. No, I guess not. So I take back some of the shit I said, but the fact that people are getting an ED and shit, like, it's just, I I feel like people kind of live in this romanticized version of the world. And, you know, like the fentanyl shit that's going on in the country right now, like, oh, there's this big fentanyl thing. Yep. We've been warning you about this shit for years. Now it's here. I, I don't know. It just, it drives me nuts. It just drives me nuts that if people are like, oh, it's just your job, it's part of your job. No. Why are we normalizing that? I, we I feel like yeah, it gets this, that like, way
1: with nursing too. Like, why do these, we
0: normalize all this bad shit? Like we, I know. Well, we, have
1: this, we have a program for us where you can report incidents that either like staff cause potential harm to a patient or a patient caused potential harm to staff. And the manager of all of our units came in and she wanted us to start doing it. And she was like, I know it's trauma that you think it's normal that patients like cuss and hit and spit and bite and all this stuff. But she was like, I need you to start reporting it because the ED has like full time assigned PD and they're trying to get us that on our unit. But she's like, I don't have any other method of collecting the amount of data that we need unless y'all are reporting this. And like just this last week, I saw like three or four incidents where people got like the shit kicked out of them and they didn't report it. And I'm like, report it. And they're like, well, they're a little confused. And I'm like, but we still need to report it because even a confused patient can still hurt you.
0: You know, and there's that fine line too, because when you brought that up, I was going to make the point as far as the cops charging that person, the cops can't charge them. I mean, they could potentially, but for me, I'm not going to charge somebody if I look at them and I'm like, they are clearly not there or oh yeah, and whatever happens for right, me. So-
1: it's like when the patients are confused and they do that stuff, like it doesn't upset me. It's more, I see more abuse from the families more than the patients. Really? Yeah. You get especially in pediatrics you get parents that let's say it's an abuse case maybe the child's been starved and that's why they've ended up at the hospital the parents then are like oh well I'm either going to prove that I'm a really good parent or I'm feeling out of control in this situation so I'm going to reach for control in any aspect that I can they'll cuss at us they will put us on Facebook live zoom in on our badge be like you're going to lose your fucking license like that honestly is like what started to wear me out in peds is like, there are a lot of good things that happen that keep you wanting to be in it. But after like a little over five years in pediatrics, I was like, just so worn out with these parents were like, all you're trying to do is help their kid, but they're on this mission to like, want to end your career. <laughs> but that's always like a heads up for me. Like, especially now in adults, like abusive husband or wife is usually the one that's trying to dictate like all the calls in their medical care.
0: You know it's it's very interesting. The you know, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, there is a lot of parallels between what you guys do and what we do, as far as like the recording thing. And you know, I was like, my first thing that popped in my head was that meme first time with a noose oh, around yeah. his neck. <laughs> Never been recorded before. Yeah. So let's do some fun shit because I feel like a lot of this has been really negative.
1: Yeah, which is
0: fucked up because I feel like me and you are, are very positive. Happy.
1: Oh, yeah. You never told me like what made you want to create your page.
0: You never told me what you never told me what you wanted. to. I can't. Why can't I repeat that question? You never told me why you created your page. Um, I'm a bad interviewer, but the reason I created my page. Was just kind of letting off steam, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I, it like it got way out of control. Like I never thought it would end up being this big. I thought it would just be something for me and my friends. And then. Yeah, you I
1: know, thought mine was going to be like
0: a hobby page. Yeah, exactly. I, I like making memes. I'm just, I like, I enjoy it. And so I would be shitting them all out all the time, cracking jokes on people. And I'm like, well, what if I generalized them and just shared them to the world? And that's how Poorly Made got started. Why nice. did you start a meme page?
1: Um, I would take photos from other memes and like caption them with like nursing things. Or I was in EMS for four years. So it'd be related to that. And one of my friends was like, dude, like, these are pretty good. Like, you should make a meme page. And I was like, no. And ironically, in the nursing field, nursing is like 90 something percent women or something. Um, But the pages that dominate the nursing field are all run by men. And I was like, well, there's no female dominated pages out yeah, there. Stay so female like, Female
0: domination. Yeah. yeah,
1: I was like, why not? Like, let's throw a chick into the mix. And of course, I have three brothers. And they were like, there's no female pages because girls are not funny. And I was like, oh, this just like motivates me even more. <laughs> but I was like, it could be a fun element for like interacting with other pages because there were other female pages, but they're very anonymous. They're very cautious about what they do and don't post. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to be the female page that comes in and is like, I don't give a F. I'm going to be the spicy meatball that I'm not even Italian, but <laughs> it's like spicy Swedish meatball that comes in and just says, I don't care.
0: <laughs> All right. So here, we're going to hit some questions from Instagram to cheer things up. Okay, for go
1: for it. Hit me.
0: Does your hospital. a your cop, have...
1: you're good at hitting. Okay, go ahead.
0: Wow. <laughs> Only 40% of the time, okay?
1: <laughs> I feel like there's probably some super abusive nurses out there, too. Like, there's probably some female nurses that are, like, very manipulative and you don't, abusive.
0: I, here's the thing that, like, cracks me up is, like, that 40% thing was, like, of some, like, crazy study, like, 30 years ago, and they considered having an argument uh, that was abuse. So if you got, if you raised your voice, that was abuse. That's fucking insane. So they're like, oh, yeah, 40% of cops are abusers. You raise your voice, you're an abuser. Come on. We can't have conversations. Or oh, did not- you
1: marry a little bitch? <laughs>
0: right? I mean, like, now I say that I don't think I've actually ever yelled at my wife in my entire life. But, it, you know, would you call it an abuser? I don't know. Like, if I saw my friend yelling at his wife, I think yelling is different than raising voice, too.
1: Well, and like I think yelling, somebody, like like if in no, a relationship, ahead. you're going to have moments where you disagree on something and someone is more emotionally charged than the other person. I think like having an argument or a disagreement, raising your voice, even yelling once in a while is fine. I think it's when it becomes like a regular pattern that it's a problem.
0: Yeah, I agree. It is. What's the yelling? Is it like berating? Are you like yelling at them so bad? You're like spitting in their face like that kind of shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's that, scary. That is scary. I would say, okay, that that's leaning more towards abuse. But just like simply raising your voice. Come on. Come on. But anyway, yes, cops beat the fuck out of their wives. Let's I love that. That's my there's like four fail safes. You have like the bootlicker. You have the you beat <laughs> your wife. You're racist. Dog shooter. Dog shooter. Yeah. Like, come on get be a little more original okay we're more than that
1: what are the nurse jokes
0: oh it's i mean all the nurse jokes are really only fans TikTok. only fans tiktok that's that's pretty much it uh do you know this isn't the question but do you have any nurses on your floor that have only fans and what's their account
1: i do not but i'm in texas where everyone gets married at like 22
0: well yeah you gotta mar- marry your sweetie and buy a farm and ring ring
1: by ring by spring is a real thing here
0: i don't know what that means
1: oh so like your boyfriend is supposed to propose to you by spring of your senior year or you dump him it's called ring by spring
0: Oh, ring that's terrible, by the way. Don't get married when you're 18. I mean,
1: well, and your frontal lobe is still developing. Your frontal lobe doesn't close until 25 for women and closer to 27 for men. So most issues like schizophrenia and bipolar really kick into high gear at those ages. So if you can wait until after those ages.
0: Hold on a second. This is going to go an unexpected direction. (laughs) But you can't love somebody that's schizophrenic? I mean, you
1: you can, but it's going to be really hard to adjust to the fact that you have to accept that the person that you married is now a very different person.
0: You know, we could have a very spirited debate. It's kind of like
1: having two husbands, though.
0: (laughs) Right? It could spice things up a little bit. It's
1: 2022. Flip the script. Have two husbands, even if they're the same person.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. Like... like, it's,
1: it depends the type of schizophrenia It it's hard for a majority of the public to cope with people with mental illness
0: but I'm, the not, right, huge, but the right I'm not a fan huge though.
1: fan of having our psych patients but I always vibe really well with them like there's some psych patients that are schizophrenic they're paranoid they're threatening to beat the shit out of staff and like me and this one other nurse like we just get along great with them but it's so funny because her boyfriend is like Oh, well, it's because he can sense the crazy in y'all. He's like, oh, these bitches, they're, like, they're one of my people.
0: <laughs> they might know. They may know.
1: They might know. Maybe I'm crazy, and I just don't know.
0: No, nah, you're totally not crazy. Don't worry about it. Um, Not at all. But I just want to throw out there, and this is going to sound like very, like, Lifetime movie original, but I think there is something about, you know, you you're in love with somebody you get, get a little bit older it's like you know you love somebody and then they they start having these issues and what you just leave them i don't but then and again i can't depending on circumstances like if this person's gonna like kill you yeah but then it's like you also
1: have you also have patients that are like verbally abusive or they're coming from jail or they are like six to seven hundred pounds and they've got like three or four girlfriends <laughs>
0: Yeah, that never makes, they, they have to have money or a huge dong, right? I mean, it's one of the No, two.
1: I don't, some of them are unemployed. I don't know how they do it, but they always have like a harem of men or women.
0: Let's get to some Instagram questions before I go off on a, a rant. Does your hospital have policies about fraternizing with Popo?
1: I don't know. I've never out. You don't know your,
0: poli- your policies?
1: I know, like, obviously, like, you can't flirt and you can't take anyone's number or anything.
0: What? You would get in trouble for, like, getting a number? Come on. Everybody does it. Well, you're not supposed to
1: do it in front of the patient.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, like, the guy's, like, fucking, like, corn out, and you're like, oh, my God, you're really cute. Can I get your number?
1: I mean, to be honest, like, the police don't really speak to us that much.
0: I feel like it's because of where you're at, because when we first started talking, I thought you were, like, in the ER, but you're, like, the floor above, right?
1: Yeah, I'm on the trauma unit. So, so. We get the trauma patients like once they they come into the ED, they get examined for what they're in for, and then they get some like imaging done, and then they sometimes they go to surgery and then come to us, and sometimes they come to us and then then they go to surgery. I think a lot of the cops are trying to be like very professional when they're assigned to like sit at the bedside of a patient.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's sometimes pretty- they
1: do tell jokes though. <laughs> okay. I'll go off on a tangent for a little bit. So yeah. we had this one patient, he was in custody. He was like this, he had some psych stuff going on, like super sensitive dude would like cry about everything. So I was like trying to make polite conversation to create rapport with him. Cause I was working like three or four shifts in a row. And I knew I'd have him every shift and <laughs> he was in and he obviously had committed a crime. And <laughs> he was watching, I think he was watching like moonshiners on television. And so I was like trying to create a conversation. I'm sorry, I'm laughing already telling the story. It's probably funnier to me than it is coming out. Anyways, so I asked the patient, I'm like, oh, hey, what are you watching on TV? and he was watching Moonshiners and the cop goes, <laughs> he's finding out new ways how to become a criminal. And it, <laughs> took, <laughs> it took everything for me to like, thank God we had masks on because I was like bright red trying to hold in a laugh, and I had to like step out of the room. And then like, we had a female patient and the female patients always get female officers. And she had, this patient was like, had been to jail multiple times before was in a DUI that ended up injuring another person. She, she was in custody and she was like, Oh man, I don't want to go to jail. Cause last time I was there, this big titty bitch tried to make me her girlfriend. And the officer was just like, yeah, I can guarantee you. That's going to happen again. <laughs> and I had to leave the room that time because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so like those moments I do appreciate. So if anyone's listening and like, they've always been afraid of like, Interacting with the nurses. I guarantee you, if you're on a floor where there are patients in police custody, the nurses want you to interact with them because that helps to build rapport and comfort for like you coming to us with any concerns for that patient.
0: You know, it's interesting. And I guess my environment was just a lot different. It was the ER, though, it wasn't upstairs. Occasionally we'd have to go upstairs and sit on somebody, but it was rare, at least where I worked. And dude, dudes would straight up, not me of course, but dudes would straight up take the break at the hospital. Nothing's going on in town. Go to the hospital, go fucking go to the ER, go steal some snacks, go hit on the nurses. It was a very regular thing. And I felt for the most part at my agency, we had pretty good rapport with a lot of the staff. Some of the doctors were kind of big douches, but most of the nurses were pretty okay though.
1: Well, I think like I, we were talking about residency earlier, I think a lot of the doctors get married like right out of med school before residency. and then they go into this environment where I think like they're seeing the nurses that are supposed to be there to like serve them and serve their patients like flirting with fire and police. <laughs> so I think there's like, I don't want to say butt hurtness, but I think there's a little there's a little bit of jealousy that goes up.
0: <laughs> well, and they're all big fucking nerds. so what you can save somebody's life nerds school nerds but i'm sure i have lots of doctors i feel
1: like maybe in the ed they maybe see more like active flirting down there but we don't see it much on the floor i feel like a lot of the officers we have are like very quiet and polite but if you're an officer listening and you're on a floor like please freaking interact with the staff because like my whole trauma unit is all women and there's maybe like two men on the whole staff so
0: i gotta be honest And maybe I'm off base, but I felt it was really weird after the George Floyd thing everywhere. I felt that way at hospitals too. like people that I thought I had a good rapport with at the hospitals were all of a sudden different towards me. Oh, really? That could have been a perception thing, too. That could have been a me thing. That could have just been the way. Oh, like they
1: like they had like a
0: like all of a sudden people like people that didn't normally have a grudge against the police were like weird to us, like. Oh. You know, people we could normally go up and, and maybe you guys send me messages. Let me know if you've experienced the same things, but maybe some people you would normally have a conversation with, even like a doctor, they were a lot less friendly because they associated you with that. I, that oh, maybe that yeah. was just my perception. Or they maybe were,
1: I think they're like, maybe there were people worried about like patient perceptions of the provider. If the patient saw them interacting with police, which is stupid because you're supposed to rebuild public trust. I know in Dallas we de- we had a lot of rioting that occurred here. Um, and Dallas is like a decently violent city. But I also think the incident in I think it was 2016 in Dallas, the police shooting here.
0: Yep, 7-7. Seven, seven.
1: Yes, that was it was ironically the day that I signed my contract to come here. But there's a run that I do every year in July. Oh yeah, you said seven seven. Um because I'm like, there's gotta be some reason why I signed my contract like three or four hours before all of this went down. And we work with the police. So like I always go and do this, like, I think it's a 5k race. Anyways, you can cut that up. I think with Dallas, with having that 7716 shooting that occurred, that there is a little bit more of like there's not as much of an uprising against the police here as they did see in some other cities. Um, but I also know, like, I'm pretty sure the department here is like extremely short staffed. just like I think a lot of other departments are, though. Are y'all facing the same thing that nursing is like extreme short staffing?
0: Yes. A hundred times. Yes. Florida apparently is not because everybody wants to go to Florida to be a cop. And I know I know tons of people who went down to Texas to become cops. I can't say tons. I know three people. I know some people that went to Texas to be cops. But by and large i mean my old department's down like hundreds of officers nobody wants to be a fucking cop anymore why would you i'm supposed to ask you totally unrelated to any of the shit we've just been talking about i'm supposed to ask you i know we got into like some deep stuff that's what she said um uh, actually he would say <laughs> i don't i don't know who would say that actually i'm not sure <laughs> i guess if you're fingering people's buttholes i mean i i really shouldn't be like making light of people that are you know paralyzed and their butthole's being fingered but i just i can't get over that that's not
1: yeah it's um it's like bowel training so like you basically are training their body to go at the same time every day so if you think about it like if you're paralyzed and you can't control that aspect of your life when you do this bowel training then you can go out and about the rest of your day and know that you're not going to be having like an accident in your pants
0: dude i can't even do that oh my god <laughs> i just made a joke i almost made a joke everybody knows where i'm going with that so we're just gonna move on anyway (laughs) uh, but i'm supposed to ask you why people from connecticut are all broken
1: i don't know i didn't think everyone from connecticut was broken
0: is connecticut where is connecticut is that a state somewhere
1: jesus yes it's in between like new york rhode island and massachusetts
0: I feel like Connecticut's like the size of a large county in the West.
1: Yeah, it's the size of the DFW Metroplex.
0: What's the DFW Metroplex?
1: Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex.
0: Oh, I got you. Why do they call it the Metroplex? That's stupid. It sounds like a movie theater.
1: (laughs) I guess it includes like Dallas, Arlington, Grand Prairie, Fort Worth.
0: I've never been. I have, I don't know. Connecticut seems just fine to me. I don't know. Why'd you leave? Let's dive into you. Why did you leave Connecticut?
1: Ooh, we're diving into me now. Okay. Um, 2013, when I got into nursing, there was not a nursing shortage and I was wanting to be in pediatrics. It was really hard in a smaller state when there's only one like main pediatric hospital to get inpatient pediatric experience. So I had finished school and I think I had been a nurse for like two or three years. And started applying out of state. And I had always wanted to move to Texas. I don't know why.
0: Um, You know why I can't go to Texas? Why? Because all my exes live there. Oh, my God. Anyway, continue on.
1: I get to 2016. I was working for a, a clinic that was associated with the Children's Hospital. Four months in, our manager comes in and she's crying. Meanwhile, mind you, at six months in, you can apply to go inpatient. She comes in crying. I'm four months into the job. She says, we've been sold to another company. They're blocking everyone's applications to go inpatient for a year. And I was like, I'm not staying in this job for another year. So I said, F it. I want to move. I don't want to be like in this same job, in my same house, like still single several years from now. Mind you, it's now like five years later and I'm still single in Texas, but that's a different
0: story it's the land of exes man i
1: know know. it really is i got two exes here now um (laughs) anyways just boyfriends though don't think i'm like this person that's getting married to everybody
0: (laughs) Um, he gets married to everybody don't listen to her
1: i get married to everybody (gasps) um i applied to south carolina where my dad lives and then also to texas and it seemed like more young people were moving to dallas versus houston so I applied to the two hospitals, two main pizza hospitals here in Dallas. I didn't hear anything. I applied in April. I didn't hear anything until the first week of July. And they said, do you want to do a Skype interview? And I was like, yeah. And then the next day they offered me the job and they were like, do you want to think about it? And I was like, no, because if you give me time to think about it, I'm going to find a reason to say no. So I'm just going to go ahead and say yes. And then I moved.
0: I like that, by the way, because the more time you have to think, you make better decisions. I mean, worse decisions.
1: I know. I was like, "Wait."
0: <laughs> no, I was just fucking with you. No, I. I think sometimes you just have to shoot from the hip because I know I don't want to lump you into a category, but like people like me, I overthink. Just oh, fucking, I'm hundred percent an overthinker. Just fucking do it. Almost everything is fixed. You could fix anything. Like, all right, didn't work out. Fuck it. I tried it. I did my best. I tried it. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, a lot of people miss out on some opportunity because they're afraid to get out of their comfort zone. Mm. yeah so that was that was a that was a deep conversation we just had here all right next question
1: can I take a pee break real quick
0: yeah go break the seal
1: okay I'll be right back Pooped. No, I did not poop. I only poop once in the morning. Other than that, it doesn't happen because one of my biggest fears is pooping at work.
0: Okay, that's totally unrelated. But and I was gonna cut all this out, but now we got to talk about pooping. um Again. <laughs> okay. A, I'm jealous that you have that much bowel control. I, I mean, like generally, for the most part, I am a morning poop, but it's like a lot. You know what I mean? It's not. Okay, we're getting weird here. Um, <laughs> let's, let's scale it back a little bit. But I'm just throwing it out like there's a lot of people that are like, just train your butt, like this is the time I, this is the time you poop every day. I, so I'm jealous of you people that have that much control. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit because one of the questions I have is, as an adult, have you ever shit your pants?
1: Who asked that
0: I asked that on every single podcast and you are no different. No special treatment.
1: So it's only ever happened once.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so <laughs> my now ex-boyfriend, we had just started dating and I'm extremely private about any of those habits with like whoever I'm dating. I've never been like super comfortable around anyone.
0: Um, Which is weird because you're a nurse.
1: Yeah, and it's like weird cuz I get offended if people like won't poop in my apartment, but for me myself with my own habits, like I'm extremely private about them. Um and we had been out drinking and ate a lot of food and like my stomach was really upset the next morning and I was like, okay, I'm going to use the excuse that I need to walk my dog as a reason to go pass some gas outside. <laughs> <laughs> So I took my dog out and I like went down around the block and around the corner. And like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting this. I like lived in my leg in a way that I thought I would just like pass air, but like a little bit of poop came out. And so I came back into my apartment and like threw my sweatpants in the, dry, in the washing machine and like turned the washing machine on and like cleaned myself up and like put a different pair of shorts on and got into bed. He was like, "Why'd you change your pants?" And I was like, like "Pooped at him."
0: <laughs> oh, you told him the truth. I'm so proud yeah. of
1: Yeah, I thought he was gonna smell it. <laughs> oh
0: my god, that's awesome! I like that I you went so, through all the trouble to red like.
1: Red right now.
0: <laughs> you went through all the trouble to like change your clothes. You could have just easily been like, "Hey, like, babe, I, I I'm I gonna jump in the shower like, real go quick." Go
1: to my grave with that story, and now there's like thousands of people.
0: Millions <laughs> of people, if I have my way. <laughs> That is probably the best one we've had so far. I'm so proud of you.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, oh, your turn. Oh, what do you mean my turn? I already told people I shit my pants. I'm not telling them again. I guess I could. Um, mm-hmm. So here, here's my story. If, you, if you've heard it before, I apologize. But basically, uh, I went. I had this dog that would not fucking shit where it was supposed to at the apartment complex. I had to take her for a walk and we got like a mile away from home. And you know that feeling? You're like it's go time. Like whoop, it's it's fucking go time. It's time to go. And uh I made it into the bathroom, but I did not make it to the toilet. So close, but yet so far. It was very bad day, very traumatizing experience. But I'm a I'm an advocate for people to feel comfortable admitting that they shit their pants. So I'm here for you. <laughs> Thank you. Lauren. Yeah. That's so awesome. That was a really good story. Um, Yeah. Are you a badge bunny?
1: I've only ever dated two firefighters. One was like 10 years before the one that I most recently dated. So I don't think I'm a badge bunny. I mean, men in uniform are definitely hot. Why? I don't know. I think it's because I just look and I'm like, oh, you're probably traumatized too.
0: That's probably the most honest answer you could give. Yeah. I like quick. And so I serious. usually
1: know, like, if someone is, let's say, like a first responder, you usually can handle the banter that I enjoy and like roasting each other. Like, I know you've probably already got a tough skin. Um, like, especially in Dallas, which is like a finance dominated city, there's a lot of like extremely sensitive men here,
0: which surprises me for Texas. But I, I feel like Texas is slowly dying. Yeah. I mean, I I guess it depends
1: where in Texas you are, but, like, I don't know. Dallas, there's very few native Texans that are in the Dallas area.
0: With the exception, like, Colorado is mostly all, like, people that live their whole entire lives, except for the Denver metro area and then some spots up in the hills. Denver is a fucking city of transplants. Like, nobody from Denver... Is from Denver or from Colorado. And I feel like there's a lot of places in Texas like that, like Austin, Dallas, Houston, probably now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that how that plays out over time. Do you are you familiar with the nurse wobbles case? No. No. you it's the case with uh where the, the nurse in Utah got arrested for obstruction because she wouldn't let the cop do the blood draw.
1: Oh yeah, that was a couple of years ago.
0: That was weird. Yes. I don't I don't know all the laws in Utah about getting blood draws and like in Colorado there was very few. I know like if a patient is admitted,
1: a if a patient's admitted, the only person that I'm letting draw their blood is phlebotomy.
0: But with a warrant though. Like if somebody comes in with a warrant, oh are we gonna am I gonna have to arrest you for obstruction? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't Sorry, know. I nice. don't. I'm sure it's different state by state. Um, well,
0: and I think that's one of those but things. But I feel
1: that, like, I don't know. I feel like you'd have to get like a doctor's order even if you came in with a warrant. It's
0: a warrant. It's fucking signed by a judge. Who's higher on the hierarchy? Fucking judge or a doctor? Not them nerdy doctors. It's fucking judge. I don't know. I think, again, that's one of those things that, at least in that case, I don't know. Like, I just don't see myself arresting a nurse. It's, it's like the thing where the firefighter got arrested by the cop because he wouldn't move the fire truck off the road. I don't know if you saw that video. Like, why Why are we doing that? Like, let's take a deep breath. Calm. yeah, down. you have some time. You can sort this out without getting crazy. And at least at my department, if there was any type of big issue like that, generally, like you're getting parents involved, right? Like, Hey, the Sarge is going to come over and, you know, like the charge nurse and we'll sort this out like adults and kind of come figure it out together. Kind of thing. Not like arrest the nurse. I don't know though. I, I would be curious if anybody else had like, I need to talk to a Utah cop that has a little more Intel on that. Cause I'd be really curious if that cop was within the law, but I'm pretty sure he got fired. So he probably wasn't. Although people get fired for being within the law all the time. So I can't really speak to that um let's see here what's next here's the, here's the important question i feel like a lot of cops have this misconception that in a hospital setting like everybody's banging each other in the side rooms does that actually happen like on the the days of our life soap operas no so nobody. Be it's banging? not where
1: i'm at we're too freaking busy
0: i mean like how long does it take y'all don't got like 30 seconds
1: i mean i don't know we wear trackers that track what room we're in
0: hold on hold on a second you don't have metal detectors at the entrance but you have a tracker to track where you're at
1: right because that way like if you have a confused patient that says the nurse hasn't come in to see me all day my manager can bring it up and be like actually she's been in your room four
0: times okay so it's a positive thing it's not like a big it's
1: positive and it's negative so like if you stay at work too late like your manager can be like oh well I saw you spent six hours in patient rooms today and you spent four hours in the charting room. Like, why didn't you get more charting done?
0: I gotcha. So basically
1: it's a, it's, it's like a, good and, it's a, it's a like good, and a bad, the best part about it is that there's a panic button on there. So like if you're being choked, like, especially in trauma, cause you just get like lots of very confused people, you can push that button and it notifies the front desk that there's like a staff emergency in a room. So like even if you aren't able to hit the call bell and call for help.
0: I gotcha. All right. Now, I don't know if you can answer this question, but okay. maybe you can help me out with this because there was always this battle over drunks and the, the fight started usually between the cops and the fire department where you could be medically intoxicated, Right. Like, you're so drunk, you can't care for yourself?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay. So we would frequently have arguments with the firefighters. Like, they're like, he's drunk, take him to detox. And we're like, no, this dude's like so drunk, he needs to go to the hospital. And sometimes it was because you didn't want to take him to detox. And the same yeah. thing with the fire department. They don't want to deal with him. Nobody wants to deal with the guy. Eventually, something happens. At least detox is a somewhat safe place. The hospital's hospital safer. And so we'd always have these debates on where they should go. But then I felt like the hospital wasn't a big fan of us dropping the drunk off at the hospital. How do you guys look at that as far as, to me, like they need, I mean, I get it's probably annoying, but that's probably the safest place for them to be when they're, depending on their circumstance.
1: So you're asking like, if you arrest someone and they're wasted,
0: no, oh, no, no. Not arrest. Not arrest. Like purely a, a medical issue. Like the only thing there that's illegal with them, if you have a drunk in public. Other than that, they're just simply a drunk. You have no charges, but for a public safety thing, you have to do something with them on the medical side is that like a i'm sure it's a burden but i mean that seems like the right place they should be at or am i out of line i guess is what no
1: I mean. you're right um it depends because like you could have like multi-substance stuff going on outside of just alcohol and they just look like they're really drunk um and the other risk we call it SEWA. it's like the scale we use to determine how hard someone's withdrawing from alcohol Alcohol is the one thing that if you quit cold Turkey and you are a true alcoholic, that you'll die from it. Really? You'll go in like into seizures. Like usually it starts with like tremors and then they start hallucinating and then they like go into seizures and then they usually hit their head pretty hard. Um, or something happens during the seizure. Like they're not breathing as much. Um, and we can do things in the hospital. Like they can actually get like a beer or a shot of whiskey with their lunch tray, or we give them Ativan. Um, And that helps with the side effects of alcohol withdrawal. And they'll get like B vitamins infused and stuff because that's the vitamin you deplete yourself of. So if they are alcoholic and they are severely intoxicated, the safest place for them to detox is the hospital where we can monitor their CWAS scale.
0: I learned so much in the last 30 seconds. (laughs) I had no idea how bad withdrawals could be from alcohol. Oh yeah. Like other
1: drugs, it'll suck for a few days and then you'll come out of it. But alcohol is the only one that will kill you if you're a true alcoholic. I mean, it just depends like how often they're drinking and every, like there's like different factors that go into it. And then like, if their sodium is low, they're higher risk for seizures. Like there's a bunch of stuff that we monitor on the hospital side. Like it's, it's always annoying when you get someone that's coming in just because they're drunk, but then like it can, It's usually like day two or three is when you're like, oh, shit, like they're withdrawing hard.
0: I don't know. I always felt like there was always this like three-way battle between fire and the hospital and us on like where a drunk should be.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they're a college kid that drank too much, as long as they have someone to keep an eye on them, they'll probably be okay. But if If there's someone that's like drinking like a handle of vodka a day, like they're going to need to be in the hospital.
0: Well, and it's, it's, I don't know. Again, it's like one of those things that people don't realize is such an issue in the country. Like, man, I like to drink. I'm sure you like to have a drink every once in a while. A lot of cops would probably consider themselves borderline alcoholic, but God, after hearing that, I guess I'm not that bad off. No, Uh, not at all. I think I'm okay. Talk about (laughs) funny stuff. Yes. Worst patient erection story. We will also settle for penis story. I mean, or is that HIPAA? Are the, are they?
1: No, it's not HIPAA because I'm not going to give away any identifying things.
0: Unless they but had a mole.
1: This patient did not have sensation from the waist down, so we had to catheter him. He would constantly flirt. Um, told me that he would pay money to be able to feel me inserting his catheter. <laughs> And I told him that the patients that can feel it would disagree.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he kind of lucked out there. Yeah, but he was basically saying that he wishes
1: he could feel me touching him.
0: Well, I mean, you know what? I'm not going to go there.
1: And I'm like, I'm here to provide medical care for you.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that. Because obviously, you know, there's like the stereotype of like, you know, the naughty nurse and all that shit. I'm sure you guys deal with that on like a really regular basis where you're just trying to go in there and do your shit and people are just like out of control. Yeah.
1: Well, there's even like sexy nurse Halloween costumes and everything. Like it's been very sexualized in
0: the public about, there is something about scrubs. Okay. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah. I think it's just
1: like any position that's viewed as anything that could have like any kind of power over you that like men try tend to fantasize about it. What? Cause it's like a caregiver role, but the nurse is also like kind of in charge, just like the same with like teacher positions.
0: No, man. I just think the scrubs look good. You're, you're being like psychological about this. I don't want to hear any about the psychology anyway, (laughs) (laughs) continuing.
1: I mean, I hate the way the scrubs look, so maybe that's just me fighting back against it, but um, it is, I think It's like part of me loves the fact that like it's considered like a hot profession to be in. But then I also hate it because then I think it makes people take us less seriously. As medical professionals, like they're always like, I want to talk to the doctor. I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear from the doctor.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's the same for us as like, oh, I want to talk to your sergeant.
1: Yeah, like it's like, oh, well, that that doctor's in a 23 hour surgery. Like I can't pull him out of the OR to come talk to you about why you don't think that you need this specific medication or procedure.
0: But how said it, how said I don't need that. I already know. Okay. Yeah. That's the only doctor I know. Anyways, house. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't watch that shit. Like I know people are really invested in those type of shows. Like I just, I don't like, Oh, I don't fucking care. So you brought up the scrub thing. You don't like how they look what did you mean by that like do you think I don't think they're like obviously I don't think they're like purposely sexualized I think they're like probably
1: no I just I guess I never like I guess I look at people in like business casual and I'm like oh my god like she looks so good and I mean business casual is like my personal nightmare but I just look at like scrubs compared to other uniforms and I'm like okay scrubs are decently expensive but I just when I put them on I'm never like oh damn I look so good today
0: (laughs) But what, but what do you, like, you associate it with being at work and being around trauma and all that crazy shit? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Uh, they do look comfortable, though. Are they comfortable?
1: Yeah, if you get the right pair, they're comfortable. I wear the joggers because that way when I bend down, I'm not flashing crack to the world. Crack kills, Sawyer.
0: So we kind of talked about, everybody knows I hate TikTok cops. We kind of talked about this in the beginning, but the question was how your stance on TikTok nurses I don't want to say what you mean, but correct me if I'm wrong, but basically you're good with it as long as it's not affecting work.
1: And it's not portraying nurses in a light that like, I don't know, like we're so slammed at work. You should not ever be portraying that we've got so much free time at work that you don't know what to do with yourself. Like I'm fine with it at work if it's like educational or if it's something short and funny, but if it's like a longer clip, like some of the stuff that was coming up during COVID of like the whole unit doing like a coordinated dance, I think that's extremely unprofessional. Um, Yeah. I guess that's my stance on it.
0: No, that's, you kind of put it into words that I, something I couldn't articulate because for me, it's just been like, "Them, them kids are cringy, you know, but it does portray like, Oh, we don't have shit to do. We're not busy. Like I I've, I've seen the TikToks of cops where they're like they're responding to a video where somebody's like, You guys shouldn't be doing TikToks, you guys should be out there on the street. Yeah, I, I fucking agree with that. And then they'll respond, like, well, we get breaks and we get but perception's reality. I I was told that a long time ago in one of my early jobs, and it's always stuck with me. That's your perception. And as we know, as unfair as it is, people can't think critically for themselves. So if they see that video of the fucking OR dancing or what they think is the OR dancing, they're going to think fucking, why, why'd my aunt die? You guys were fucking dancing. If they see. Yes,
1: exactly. Cause like they see scrubs and they, associate. like the general public doesn't understand like the different floors and the different levels of nursing. They just see like scrubs.
0: Oh yeah. I did. I don't fucking know. That's, that was kind of part of my reason here and I don't fucking know. Well, it's the same thing here. If you see a bunch of cops dancing or a cop dancing, like hey my fucking my cousin got robbed and you guys are fucking making tiktoks it's not fair like but that's the yeah or like
1: when they did some of like the hospital dancing stuff it's like people forget that like nurses have days off just like other jobs have days off
0: exactly what did you think of the uh this isn't a question on there but what did you think of the heroes work here stuff i thought it was really cringe
1: i hated it I think it was a way to justify them like under supplying us and overworking us and short staffing us is because heroes are expected to make sacrifices. And once they put that label on it, it meant like, Oh, it's okay. Whatever we're doing to them.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. That you fucking called him out like that. (laughs) Well, and you said some shit earlier. Like I don't
1: want to be a hero. I just want to be like a regular employee.
0: (laughs) That's fucking awesome. Um, Well, we talked about it earlier, like the short, you know, you guys are short staffed and, and, you know, you said as much as. But if you're a hero, it's okay
1: because you're making sacrifices.
0: But you feel like it's almost on purpose that they do it because it it pads the bottom line.
1: Oh, absolutely. And then it became like gratitude for the front line. And then it became like compassion for the front line because then they created such like this hero stereotype that it meant that people could like examine us under a microscope. And all of a sudden the public was being really aggressive with us. And they were like, Oh, we got to change our tune.
0: See kids. It's all the same. Out of touch administrators everywhere.
1: Oh, hundred percent. There's people for healthcare that go to school for healthcare administration that never worked in a hospital outside of their administration job.
0: That's awful. Well, and there's a lot of people zero.
1: They like, they do like one clinical rotation through nurse, not through healthcare administration school, but they've never actually like worked on the floor as a nurse.
0: Yeah, that's wrong. And that's a lot of us guys and gals that were on the, you know, on the beat, you'd see a lot of people that were administrators that literally did like six months, a year on the road. And then from that point on, they were doing non-enforcement special assignments or whatever and now all of a sudden they're a fucking sergeant it's like you haven't mm-hmm. been on the road in 20 years you don't fucking know anything it's uh it is kind of scary how all that works um uh, one question on here is just pp i don't know what they were getting out there it just who said pp just some person says pp pp like poke Power. <laughs> i don't know well i assume pp like Pepe, but i'm not sure all right, let's go to the next one. Going to the next question. Thanks. Thanks for your for your time there. What is the worst pickup line that you've ever heard used by a paramedic? I'm gonna rephrase that. The fir- what is the worst pickup line that you've heard from a paramedic, cop, firefighter, any of those type of people?
1: Honestly, the worst pickup line that anyone can use is probably the like, oh, I hope if I get sick that you can take care of me.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cringe. Yeah, well, it's like,
1: I don't want to think about having to do workouts, how to work for free. <laughs> it's like me being like, I hope you can stay up all night and monitor my perimeter of my property.
0: <laughs> what do you think cops do? Beat their wives and guard perimeters? <laughs> We're more than that, okay? <sighs> hey, this is a compliment for you. It's not a question, but so great you're doing this. Thirst is an amazing resource. Oh, thanks. thanks. Sorry. (laughs) What do people call you thirst at work? No. Wait. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I just said an epiphany. You said you're not a thirst trap. Why is your page called thirst responders?
1: Because I'm responding to the thirst with hatred. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So... There's first responders. I started out as a first responder as an EMT, um, became friends and actually ended up being the origin of the hashtag poop gang sticker on worst responders. So when I started my page, I was like rhyming words with worst and first and came upon thirst and was like, Oh my God, it's
0: perfect. Did you see the video that was going around a couple, I don't know. It was like a month ago or or so. Where it was like, oh, you know, it's basically like 70 or 40 years from now. Like, oh, how'd you meet grandma, grandpa? And they're like, oh, you should have seen that thirst trap. Oh, that was such a great picture she had at the beach. And it's so fucking, I, I think that's how grandparents are going to have to explain to their kids in 45 years.
1: <laughs> well, when I think of like a thirst trap page is more like the girls that are posting like constantly in just like their underwear in a bikini.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. I'm just being a dick.
1: Oh, I was like, I feel like I try to trap people with my personality. I mean, I do throw up the occasional bikini pick, but.
0: But it's usually with a hairy man bikini. Well, that was. Yeah, then my page gets deleted. <laughs> <laughs> because I wore a hairy man Somebody wrote in that their mom used to be a. Uh, nurse in Philly and had some horror stories. They want more. You got to, You got some good gory stories for the kid.
1: I mean, I don't know what kind of horror stories they're hoping for. Like in terms of like psych patients or trauma stuff, but I mean, I saw an internal degloving. That was cool. They came in, their leg just looked like extremely bruised. And then within two days, like it was weeping fluid. And I was like, I don't, we can't do bedside dressing changes. They can't tolerate it. Something seems wrong. They did imaging and the person was injected from their car and when they hit the ground their muscle and skin layer rotated around like the bone of their leg and detached internally but not externally. (laughs) And so it became necrotic and started to slough off so they went into surgery and had to remove like over half of the tissue on her leg but they ended up doing like grafting and stuff and she's walking now. Oof. I mean, it took a year, but she's there now.
0: But I mean, that makes you feel good though, right?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because like there was a, a while there because like she's younger too that I was like, oh man, like, are we going to lose this leg? Because like people think like losing a leg is like the easier option. But if you've still got like motor and nerve function all the way down to the base of your foot, like with prosthetics, like you can, they can be, improperly fit, especially if like you fluctuate weight at all. And that can end up like dislocating your hip or you can end up needing like a stump revision because it's not wearing right in the prosthetic. And now it's like wearing down bone to bone. So like chopping off a leg is not always the best option, especially if the damage is like up high enough that you couldn't even fit a prosthetic onto it. But I've seen that. Okay. So probably the coolest thing I've seen in pediatrics, we used to get a lot of like the ATV deglovings where they would flip over the handlebars of the ATV and all the skin would be pulled off from like their forearm down to their fingertips. Mm -hmm. And we would sew their hand into their abdomen and attach it to like the nerve and the blood vessels. And then you cut it out and it looks like a big like catcher's mitt, but they can at least like do the open and close with their hands. But we would like sew their hand inside of their body, like completely attached to their arm for like six weeks
0: where it but, I think
1: it's so cool <laughs> uh,
0: I think a lot of that stuff is just like fucking gross like I could never do what you guys do
1: I, I mean could like, never if, do what you do either though so it's like, wait, like, it's make like a make a
0: podcast in your basement like a loser.
1: <laughs> and collect
0: patches and collect patches and <laughs> <in> police cars <laughs> I could never do that thanks for your service <laughs> no I you know it's one of those things it's different strokes for different folks like once i got in the car it just like felt like home you know or i'm sure it's like the same for you too but it just ah, i guess you know there's just things that everybody's everybody's meant to do different things not everybody can be a rock star not everybody can be an astronaut the world needs ditch diggers too and my role for a little while is to be a cop now it's to be a loser in the basement but I don't know there's just people that are good at that type of shit. Like y- I gotta stop making the joke about fingering a butthole. That's gonna get old at some point. But,
1: <laughs> but it, is that gonna take- be the name of this podcast?
0: <laughs> I I maybe digital
1: stimulation.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Uh well, you're gonna be following up. Are you following up? You might be following up the swinger episode, so that would be the perfect follow-up. Who was the
1: swinger? Episode.
0: I'm not gonna fuck it. I'm not today. I am I'm not gonna fucking tell you who the swinger was. So we're gonna wrap this bitch up, which yeah. uh, is a healthy reminder. Always wrap it up. Always spay and or your kids or your kids. Always <laughs> spay, Always. What did Bob Barker used to say? Is remember, folks. Always spay. Oh, neuter.
1: help control the pet population.
0: Oh God, I miss old Bob Barker. Legend. Great. Oh man, The Price is right. It's not the same. I love Drew Carey, but it's just not the same. It's not the same, and I
1: was like, "Price is right and SpaghettiOs with Frank's always reminds me of like sick days in elementary school."
0: Oh yeah, dude, Price is right and oh, SpaghettiOs. Was, oh no, I was I was always a saltine kind of kid, but oh, SpaghettiOs with the Frank's? Were you fucking wrong? What's wrong with you?
1: I don't know. I would eat them like right out of the can.
0: So, I used to have SpaghettiO Tuesdays before I left with some of my friends at work. I think it was Spaghetti on Tuesdays. It might have been Wednesdays. I think it was Tuesdays. Oh, my
1: God. As an adult, it like, gives me heartbreak.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We would we'd fucking just bring Spaghettios and we brought our shit and microwaved it. So sometimes we're busy. We fucking eat them in the car in between calls. Um, it's not a nutritious meal by any means, but the Franks is gross. So you got to go straight up with Spaghettios. This conversation's really gone downhill. Swingers and Spaghettios. Something I like to ask everybody is if they poop yes. their pants, but we've established that. I have pooped my pants. You poop your pants. All right. A lot of people do. You're, you're the first chick. No, you're the second chick to admit it. Most chicks won't admit it, but I'm proud of you. I
1: mean, I hadn't until like a year ago.
0: And you just told everybody about it.
1: I just told all of America and maybe beyond.
0: Oh, yeah. It goes beyond. <laughs> oh, huge, great. Huge reach. <laughs> By the way, I say huge and people are like, you don't know how to say huge. I'm fucking doing that on purpose.
1: Douchebag. Yes, I got that. Yeah.
0: Huge favorite police car do you know anything about police cars do you know which one would be your favorite
1: no I mean it was pretty cool when I was in Hawaii the they all like had their own personal cars that I think the department funded a good portion of that had lights on them
0: oh yeah Hawaii is weird that depending on where you're in there was like
1: Ferraris with police lights
0: (laughs) yeah but I just just say Crown Vic can you do that just say Crown Vic
1: Crown Vic for sure yeah (laughs)
0: Nice, very good.
1: Isn't that the older car?
0: Shut the fuck up. It's fine. Well, I mean,
1: there's nothing wrong with older cars. I drive an older car. It's tradition.
0: Tradition, man. It's fucking tradition. I'm glad we came to a consensus about the Crown Vic. Do you have any imparting words of wisdom for the millions of people that are going to listen to this podcast someday?
1: What is good wisdoms?
0: Well, I don't know. Don't you? Aren't you like a Karen? Don't you have like live, laugh, love all over your apartment? Like, just tell everybody live, laugh, love or don't you have some inspirational quote at the hospital, like when you walk in, like about saving lives or that? Um
1: not cute enough to stop your heart or skilled enough to restart it, but I am stressful enough to give you constipation, but caring enough to digitally disimpact you. <laughs>
0: I don't know how that was wisdom, but we'll go with it.
1: No, wait. I don't want to give that as my wisdom.
0: By the way, uh, you don't give constipation. You give diarrhea. When you almost beat me in the war,
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think what's like your wisdom that you would give.
0: Holy shit. Put me on the spot here. God,
1: I love to do this in interviews too. I love to like if I can't think of an answer I that might be good wisdom, like flip it around on them.
0: Um, You know, actually the a, a theme that i've had on a lot of the podcasts when i go into my rants don't be a piece of shit that's that's my wisdom don't be a piece of shit realize that there's other people around you that's good yeah don't be a piece of shit it's, it's pretty i have a very simple way of looking at life if you do something that negatively affects somebody else probably shouldn't do it certain- i guess
1: for if you're asking in terms of like nursing like
0: I'm just talking in general. Whatever wisdom you have to mm. impart on everybody, we need to know. What would Thirst H- want everybody to know?
1: Heinz is the only ketchup. up.
0: <laughs> okay. Heinz costs like 50 cents more than regular stuff. It all tastes It
1: is down. so worth it. Um, is it really?
0: I've never tried. Like, I've never thought to try them side by side. But the next time I go to the grocery store, get-
1: I'll
0: spend yeah. four bucks for Heinz.
1: I guess um, it'll kind of go along the theme of like what I've been posting about recently, but in just based on like both of our follower bases, like in a career where you are arguably like naturally born with the instinct to put others ahead of yourself, like make sure you're taking time for yourself too.
0: You're exactly right. I think, you know, not to steal your thunder, but sometimes you forget you get too so wrapped up. Yeah. On or there's it's a lot
1: of guilt. Forward. Like I know I have a lot of guilt associated with it. Like, I feel like I should be doing something else with my time or that like, okay, I'm fine. I don't need to be dedicating time to this, but at the end of the day, like it is just going to improve all other aspects of your life. If you're improving yourself as a person, like mentally or physically.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Well, and think about what are you going to remember? you know, whatever you believe, what are you? Oh yeah. That's another,
1: that's something else that I'm big on too, is like your career can be a big part of your life, but don't let it be the only part of your life. Like having interests outside of work is what helps keep you sane.
0: Yeah. And like, you're not going to be like sitting on your deathbed and thinking about like, oh man, I figured so many, but God dang it. I got to stop making butthole jokes. I can't stop. So many, I figured so many, (laughs) but
1: my dad, I remember like when I think I was like in college or something and my dad said like, you're never going to look back on your life and wish that you had worked more, but you will look back and wish that you had spent more time with your friends and family.
0: Oh yeah, dude. 110 percent
1: and it's hard. Like to- I got guilty. I got sucked into the overtime trap when like we were in a staffing crisis and they were offering crazy bonuses. And like, I can't even tell you if I saw any of my friends or family in that like couple month period
0: it's easy to, to fall into that. And it's, it's hard too because I don't know if I, I bet it's the same, but you may have like a big case or something really cool happens at work. And it kind of reinvigorates that. Cause like when I started as a cop, I didn't want to fucking go home. I think 90% of people you talk to that were like, are really dedicated to the job. Didn't want to go home. Flat out. Didn't want to fucking go home. I didn't want to fucking go home. I want to keep working. Cause I loved it so much. And The the job is not going to love you back for sure. But I think you get that high from something really good happening. You know, you, you solve the case or you caught somebody or whatever. Oh yeah.
1: And I say like, ride that high if you're feeling it, but I'd say like, don't, don't let work guilt you into like picking up extra just because they're saying like, oh, come in and help the team. We're short today. Yeah, because like you said, like on your deathbed or at your funeral, no one's going to be like, "Oh, Lauren came in and worked so much overtime." Like they're going to talk about who you were as a friend and who you were like as a family member.
0: Yeah, exactly. We live in this world and this, God, we keep talking about all these big major things. More poop jokes, but I know
1: I was like, maybe we need to just do like another one another time where we just make sure that we like avoid anything serious.
0: (laughs) You know what? I'm planning on doing call-in shows. You want to be on a call-in one? We'll get fucking wasted and answer people's questions. Yes. Okay. We'll plan on that in the future. But, but before we like work is such a big part of our world. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm not one of these fucking hippies. Like I'm good with some aspects of it for sure. But you have to remember like that should only be 40 hours of your life. You got to work. We all have to contribute in some way to society, but everything else is just so much more important. Yes. Big words, big words.
1: I know I had to absorb those
0: for a second. Yeah. I, uh, for a person that does a podcast, I should probably work on being articulate. It's kind of a big deal, but you sound
1: less nasally though, which is good.
0: You know, it's, um, people like me for my personality. (laughs) I think, yeah, that's what I put. That's what my mom says anyway. (laughs) You I thought really <laughs> well,
1: nice that we like got to know each other a little bit more and didn't just like Instagram hate each other.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like the meme war definitely some, some feelings were hurt.
1: I texted dark cop and I said, why'd you ask if I hated you? And he was basically looking for free real estate on your podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to fucking delete it all off. YouTube. <laughs> I'm only going to leave that in. And he's going to like listen for the whole thing and be like, you asshole.
1: I know, make him listen for like an hour to hear himself mention. (laughs) Dick face. I love it. I love it so much.
0: (laughs) Free real estate, you motherfucker. Nobody, go follow dark cops. Tell him to go fuck himself. Everybody that heard that and you don't follow dark cops, send him him a message and tell him to go fuck himself.
1: Yeah, don't follow him. Just send him a DM.
0: Yeah, dark cops, go fuck yourself. Uh, Well, I guess we're done here thanks for coming on i appreciate it next time will be more cheeky and fun i just had all these questions and things i wanted to know about and apparently i
1: feel like there's been a lot that's happened in like the nursing and the police world and like you said like we were kind of working to bridge the two together to like kind of help each other understand each other a little bit more so i think like inevitably that was going to lead to some more serious stuff but we can just get absolutely wild on the next one
0: i am fucking 110 percent for that well and it's um building bridges and changes lives right that's what the pot this podcast was about laying the cement to like build the bridge and the next podcast is going to be about burning the bridge down and destroying people's lives how does that sound
1: let's do it
0: fucking love it okay (laughs) so everybody thanks again for listening you guys are fucking awesome the second season of the podcast has been very well received so far and uh yeah, so keep doing what you're doing. Fucking tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your baby mama, tell everybody to listen to the podcast. It's awesome.
1: Tell the thick nurse and jogger scrubs.
0: <laughs> thick is such an amazing thing. Um, <laughs> this is this is a little off topic for my my ending spiel, but since you said thick, my wife has these pants that are uh, what are they? They're athleisure. I call them ass leisure. They're very nice. And she looks thick.
1: <laughs> They're like, the, you're going to get pregnant again, piss.
0: Oh, my God. I need to fucking go get snipped so bad. Um, <laughs> so bad. I don't need a fifth kid. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Anyway, in case I have a fifth kid, here's what you got to do. Okay. <laughs> you got to at the end of the podcast, there's a little link. And you can click on that and you can donate money to me to keep this thing alive. Of I love course. That. Take care of the sponsors of the podcast because without them, I'd have to get a real job. And you guys know I have all kinds of t-shirts and mugs and, and merch and stuff like that. So you guys are awesome. I can't say enough how much I appreciate people spend money on my shit. I, I appreciate you guys taking care of me. So with that said, um, remember love thick nurses. all <laughs> and, <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> Bye-bye.